All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Can y'all believe it's been like it's been a year since we reviewed The Force Awakens? It was does like it, it was yesterday. Does it feel, Mitch, for you, does it feel like that was a, that was a, that was a day ago, or does it feel like it was ten years ago? It doesn't feel like it was ten years ago, but it does feel like a, a long time ago. Callum, we've gone through a lot. We've done a lot of shit. The world has done a lot of shit. Yeah, but with that, then this podcast, we've done a lot of shit. Oh, well, that too. We've reviewed <laughs> well, a lot and of I've movies. Ta- and I've taken a lot of shit. Yes, too. not on the podcast. <laughs> you guys don't know that. <laughs> I thought but, I but smelled are, something. It's a year later, we're, 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 we're reviewing another Star Wars movie. And till we die, we'll be reviewing another Star Wars movie. It's, it's going to be this, this kind of Christmas Star Wars uh lineup that's going to happen every every year um and we'll talk that'll be the big question at the end of our review of rogue one is is uh but let me put this in your mind do you feel better worse or the same about the idea of having a star wars movie every christmas that's that's going to be the big question that we will answer at the end of this discussion of rogue one but before we get there we got a lot to do um welcome to the woodward's filmcast your detroit podcast for film tv news and discussion my name is kale i'm here as i am every week with my friends got him <laughs> colin yeah mitch me colin and mitch we get together every week we review a movie we sit around and talk about it this week we are we did review manchester by the sea you can check that out on uh, itunes libsyn and stitcher at the moment and uh right now in this episode we are going to review probably heavily uh rogue one a star wars story Coming up in a bit, but first, let's do some news. Um, we thought we thought just because we, uh, we did a lot of uh, on Manchester by the Sea, we did a lot of uh, critics talk and, and uh, Golden Globes and SAG Awards and all that stuff. But this episode for our news section, we're gonna go to Mitch for a little trailer roundup. Trailers, a lot of them are out there <laughs> recently since we since we've last mm-hmm. talked. So a couple trailers. Talk about them all. A couple trailers have released that um, we've. Uh, neglected to talk about or that have released um in the time since the last episode a few of them uh we just got a the new john wick trailer uh john wick two chapter i mean chapter two <laughs> Yoda. <laughs> yeah um which looks fun looks like a good continuation what'd you guys think it of that? does look fun i am so excited for this movie i've seen i've uh, colin you have not seen john wick. no i have not uh, i saw john wick in theaters me I, too I was Crazy, pleasantly surprised. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a simple story. Uh, it's a revenge flick. And, uh, man, it's some of the best action you'll ever see. And uh, it's also a beautiful-looking film. Like, like It's stylized. It's very, very stylized. stylized. It's very cool. And good good world-building. Mm-hmm. They really build this world of, like, assassins uh, that is awesome. Very yeah. cool. Uh, so I'm excited. That, that movie... Um what was that two years ago that came out 2014 or yeah, 2000 yeah, probably before i mean it was before the podcast for sure because we didn't right yeah and um that movie and kingsman both like really surprised me that year because mm-hmm. they both came out of this in the same yeah, uh, year winter right? yeah winter yeah. that year the very surprising like good world building fun action movies that just like i went in without knowing anything and 
walked away loving it. Helen, for someone who hasn't seen John Wick, I mean, what does this trailer get your attention at all, or what? Uh, well, I mean, I love a movie that's you know unapologetically action. Right. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, I mean, it looks like there's some really fun action sequence here. My only complaint would just be the amount of guns in a trailer. You too much shooting. Yeah, I mean, I understand. You know, if, if your movie has a lot of gun and a lot of gun violence, and you know, it's fine. You pay the ticket and you go to see that. You see that, but when it's a trailer, it just seems a lot of headshots in the movie. Yeah, in the trailer. I, I saw I some. I saw someone's head explode in that trailer. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. pretty interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I think they they want. It was not a, from all we understand. It was not a red band. Either. I did not see a red. Yeah, band I didn't see a red band. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I guess they're. I, you know, they, look, they want you to see, if you want to see that's blown off, come see John Wick Chapter 2. Right. Right. <laughs> is that their marketing campaign? That is their marketing campaign. Yeah. The cool thing about this, too, Mitch, mm. Colin, Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves are going to be in a movie together. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I didn't put that temperature together there. And I have not really double-checked this, but I believe this is the first time since The Matrix Revolutions that Probably. be in a movie together. Of course, more obviously. Wait, was Lawrence Fishburne in The Lake House? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we might want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I'm down. I'm in. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'll see that for sure. For sure. Also. Also trailers. Also trailers. If my phone will stop shutting off on me. Um, We've got The Mummy. Now, we watched, <laughs> we watched a new version of The Mummy trailer that had been released uh, without sound. I'm pretty sure. You know, it, I'm... Almost positive that that is how it was released, and somebody quickly grabbed it and you know redistributed it so that it's they wouldn't fun. take it down. Uh, it's missing a bunch of sound effects, and uh, or it's no, it's got lots of sound effects, but it's missing music and narration, um, and it's hilarious. Uh, so, um, but from that, did, <laughs> did you did anything in that? appeal to you so the re- to the rebooting, rebooting the mummy, the mummy yeah, with, with yeah. right um, and who is that actress someone um i i have not seen a mummy movie ever you never seen I've the never seen brendan fraser one no I, I don't know so uh, i'm not i'm not extremely <clears throat> intrigued by it i know that universal is doing this shit they're they're trying to do like a monster universal universe, monsters a monster yeah universe right Colin's gonna love that. We're gonna get the mummy, Frankenstein, creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, young, uh, young Frankenstein. But they already did the werewolf for Wolfman with Antonio Banderas. I think so. I think so. I think think the listeners felt my eyes roll from from here. Universal monster, the Invisible Man. Universe. Yeah, that's crazy. Kevin Bacon. And this is the beginning of the reboot. (laughs) What do you think, mummy? Well, number one, I want to see the movie that we watched the trailer for. Yeah, just just uh, Tom Cruise screaming in an airplane. Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> but where was the mummy? It was the girl. Oh. <laughs> the, Sorry, I was the toilet paper. The, <laughs> that was very distracted. No, I'm with you. I mean, there's something very mummy-ish about that. No, there was not. It was very 
Strange. Just more like it magic. Was, it looked like a plane crash yeah. and then some fog. I mean, it looked like Mission Impossible. Yeah. Anything. Right. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, I'm not interested in you, seeing this at all. No, no, not at Did all. Do you like the Brendan Fraser? I've heard I like about the that first movie. one is a fun adventure movie and it scared the fucking shit out of me when I was a kid. There's a lot of really uh, fucked up traps that people fall into and like nice. um, beetles that like go under your skin and like oh, hell yeah. yeah, crawling under your skin. Like this guy gets like fucking attacked by these scarab beetles that go into under his skin you could see him crawling like and he dies like from pain yeah and then these people also get like trapped and oh yeah the the guy at the end who gets trapped behind because he was trying to carry so much gold and they and they get out and he gets trapped and then like all those bugs come (gasps) and just like swarm him and the lights go out like i was like oh my god like horrifying shit we were obviously too young to too young to be watching that movie, that movie. It, was, it sticks in you forever it's a good adventure uh movie though brendan fraser is charismatic in it good. um yeah from what i remember one of the few things i remember about the, about the mummy franchise when rachel vice who was in both the mummy and mummy returns when she won her academy award and she was walking up to accept it the announcer goes Rachel Weisz is most known for The Mummy and The Mummy Return. That is so funny. <laughs> Did they it really? Great. Yeah, wow. I'm dead serious. <laughs> Someone, some intern, like, wrote that card out. I was like, yeah. That's hilarious. My dreams. <laughs> known for my dreams. Uh, what else we got on the trailer circuit? So a big one. Um, the much-awaited Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, now I am not a f- huge fan of Christopher Nolan. Um, I find his movies to be tedious and, uh, like stupid philosophy, if that makes any sense. Like I, I shallow hear, I, philosophy. I, I hear you on that. I, 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 I sometimes think it's like you, he wants you to watch those movies and be like, wow, I never thought of life that way. But it's not, but it's not smart that, to me but, at all. But, but I would say, profound. Like, like, look, I love, I think Dark Knight is amazing. Batman, yeah. Batman Begins is so fucking Those two are good. Because of Dark mm-hmm. Knight. Uh, Memento. Memento is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a great The Prestige is good, too. Prestige is but so sense- good. And, and I think, like, I was just talking to Liz about this, but Inception's a good... I'm, I, I, you can dog Inception, and I you can rip it apart. Totally understand it. But it is, like, that moment... Being in the theater for Inception at the time was like, man, that got That me. was fun, yeah. Totally agree. I find that movie to be a fucking joke, and I know a lot of people who really love that movie, and I think it's just... It's a poor man's science fiction adventure. I, I didn't like Interstellar. I I mean I don't think it's you know a fantastic movie, but I mean I had fun watching it. And I think that's what I always take away from Christopher Nolan movies, is it's yes it's popcorn philosophy for a lot of people, but I mean it obviously appeals to a lot of people because movies do really well and they're always really talked about and it's a fun time watching I don't think I've ever seen a Christopher Nolan movie where I was like ugh I hate watching this right and I think well I think Interstellar <laughs> was the only movie where like that's a movie I felt I don't tedious like I don't I don't I find Inception to be like that's a movie where I think should be more tedious like it doesn't I, I don't know how to explain that but like I, Interstellar to me was like hard to it was like okay that's what I felt <clears throat> Dark Knight Rises was a painful one for me too. As much as I love well, seeing just, Batman and stuff, it Batman. just, it just, it was a really poor execution of a m- movie that could have done so many things better. 
Um, but on the heels of the <coughs> Dunkirk trailer, I think it's, it's a good that we talked about that because my worry about Dunkirk, not worry, but like what I, I see in the trailer that I just, the, the newest trailer, is that I could see it, you know, everyone's like, wow, Christopher Nolan's never done this before. It's like a war movie. It's like a historical moment in, in World War II. It's a big deal, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be a psychological, like it's going to focus on one character. It's what it looks like in the trailer to me. And it's going to, there might be like a Nolan-y kind of twist in it. And that's that's what I see maybe happening. Other than that, looks amazing. Like I'm jazzed to go see it. Like you say, I'm not going to be bored in this movie. I can yeah, tell. it looks amazing. Um, it's not the first time the Dunkirk evacuation has been put to film. Uh, way back in the 60s or in 50s, yeah, there was right, a film. Right. A lot of people don't know about that story. But it's, it's a story that isn't. The, yeah, it's an it's incredible really story. If we, if that was not a success, we probably would have lost right. World War Two. Right. So, so we'll see where, where direction it takes. Calendar, you did you see the newest trailer? I did. Yes. Pumped. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I mean, I'm always excited. excited for I'm actually really so. <laughs> apparently, speaking of Rogue One, if you see that in IMAX, uh, there's an extended I heard trailer. That's some before that. Some tr- some theaters. Right, right. Right. So, and I do. You know, the thing I do appreciate. <laughs> about Christopher Nolan is his stubbornness a little bit where he like he really pushed the envelope on filming narrative features in IMAX yes um, which, and on film and on film but in IMAX IMAX especially I mean we used to we've when we were younger like in middle school in the early 2000s and shit movies were converted to IMAX a lot and that was where they started they realized they could do it they could mix the reels together to do a two hour film in IMAX but Nolan was like, "Why don't we freaking shoot in this?" And mm-hmm. he really pushed the envelope there. So good for him. And more more yeah. films are doing that. Star Force Awakens did it. Rogue One didn't. But you know, more films are doing that. And I mean, <laughs> what he's done with you know the use of practical special effects too. Oh yeah, yeah. He ushered that whole thing in too. Yeah, yeah. He has. He. he I have a lot of respect for. I I think I I would argue at least in the blockbuster realm. That no one director has had such an effect in 21st century blockbusters than Christopher Nolan. I think what you're saying about he was the kind of guy who was like, for years they were like, you know, you you shoot a Batman movie on stage, and Christopher Nolan was like, no, let's go on the streets of Chicago and like make it feel like it's a real city. And that was that was like yeah, it's a good huge yeah. moment in in, in <clears throat> superhero movies. But can he do it with World War Two? It looks great. It does I mean it looks good? Yeah, I mean, I'm as with every Christopher Nolan movie, I will be now unless he redeems himself with this. I'm worried about the script and the dialogue and um, hitting me over the head with simple, simple ideas um, and not like not feeling real emotion, I guess. Um, Yeah, that is a a complaint about his like he doesn't have a lot of heart to his film, but. As someone the characters who's don't a feel real, bitch. I respond. Really well to <laughs> right. that, so. Yeah, yeah. The characters don't feel real in his movies yeah. to me. So, um, but, um, but it's an amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing story um, about the evacuation. I'm curious how they will present it, and I'm. I don't. Who's who wrote it? Was it his brother again? Because if it was brother, then I'm if very skeptical. If it's John Nolan, I might be. I don't I'm, so, I'm going to be very. Fair. He's done Westworld now. I'm I'm still gonna be skeptical. Let's saddle up and do this shit. <laughs> yeah, but even for like Westworld, like there's still a team of writers that also yeah, work. He, on he wrote it. I also say, by the way, Harry Styles is in this movie. Which yeah, in the trailer, he's drowning. But uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see Mark Rylance in this movie. Yeah, as one um, of the f- uh, fishermen. Yep. And uh, Cillian Murphy, Tom Hardy. You know, he's got this. He goes to the well. 
of uh, English actors. Well, of, of, of his act, he's uses over and over again. I actually, some people get annoyed by that. I, I dig that. I dig having the same people come back over and over again. Where's Leo? As long as it's not too crazy. But. Leo. Leo. Christian All Bale's right. not in it. Uh, what else? What's the next trailer? Uh, a m- even more anticipated film. Really? Blade Runner 2049. How many years? 30 plus? 30? Yeah, 82, I think. Was, was yeah, 30 plus years since the original Ridley Scott film. This one is going to be directed by be Denis Villeneuve, and it's going to star Ryan Gosling as the new main character, but Harrison Ford is also in it, reprising his role. Back. Reprising his role as the guy, I can never remember Deckard. his character's name. Deckard. 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 Um, very cool, right? I think so. Den- Denis Villeneuve is fucking amazing. Yeah, that- Denis Villeneuve has become a, a fan favorite here on the film. Class. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Sicario, Arrival. Mm-hmm. What are what the other ones he did? We liked. I, I, well, I, I liked. I liked Prisoners. 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 Yeah. And then there was uh, another one somewhere in there. I can't remember. So, so it's it's good. it's a cool like we haven't really. I mean, he's delving into franchise filmmaking, which is could be whole. You could you could get taken advantage of, but by the trailer, that looks like a Villeneuve it looks film. yeah it does as Look, much as it looks like a Blade Runner movie. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, watching that trailer got a very Mad Max goes to Tokyo vibe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was a little Mad Maxy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've not seen Blade Runner. I have not seen Blade Runner. Um, I've tried to watch it a few times and I've fallen asleep. Watch the director's cut. But this is what also what's confusing me. I Which aren't there like four watch? different there's, versions? There's what one four. do I actually watch? There's more than four. Just here's the thing you need to know. If you start watching it, and this was on Netflix for a while, so people will think I've seen this version. You start watching it, and Harrison Ford has a voiceover throughout the whole film. Stop watching stop it. Stop watching it. That was the original cut, and it's not good. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that version. Of the yeah, film. I think. I remember hearing the story of that of like. Um, Ridley Scott wanted to make it without a narrator because it's a noir film, noir yes. detective film. So there's not a lot of uh, explanation of things. It's like just relying on the the audience to yeah, figure things out mystery, and everything. Yeah, yeah. and um, the studio didn't like that, and they wanted him to record a voiceover to describe things. And so when they got Harrison Ford into the studio, you he recorded. Yeah, he recorded because he didn't agree with that decision. He recorded it in the most like. I don't give a fuck about anything sort of, like, tone. Well, have you seen, I mean, it's like Harrison Ford nowadays when he has, like, now he's acting, but when he's, like, doing an interview, it's all like, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, decided to put me in Star Wars. You know, <laughs> they gotta kill me. So, uh, that's what I decided to do. And that's why I got the, the boys goes. Anyways, I love Blade Runner. Great movie. Awesome. So excited to see what they're gonna do here. I'm hoping... Like all good reboots that are good, that it's it, it seems like there's a reason to tell the story. We'll see. So I'm still not clear on which one I should watch. Just as long as there's not no a voiceover. voiceover yeah. Okay. Other than that, the director's much cut. The, same. the director's cut doesn't have a voiceover. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, I'm so just saying, like, one. there's been extensions of scenes and stuff, and like certain things inserted. But other than that, it's not. Well, it's kind of like Apocalypse Now. Like you don't really exactly. have you don't really have to watch redu- the Redux. I think it's kind yeah, of unnecessary right. scenes about like French plantation owners and stuff. So you know, what I mean? um, Ryan Gosling play, plays piano in this. <laughs> you know, you know. What, I just want to say, you know, we were joking about La La Land because he plays piano in La La Land. But I, what I think is funny is, you know, slow <clears throat> piano versions of, of famous themes being put into the middle of a trailer is such a trope right now. Oh, it's yeah. like they're making fun of it because he actually plays the piano. It's a yeah. little ditty. Yeah, I expect him to just start playing like. 
<laughs> start singing Emma Stone comes out of nowhere <laughs> Star Wars and Harrison Ford shows up holy shit Whoa. what is happening and then he kills them both you like crossovers we got one for you yeah. but it looks Blade cool. Runner the music I'm really excited to see how, how this looks um, dude fuck yeah Denis yeah. Villeneuve and his yeah. little oh, who is the DPing this I don't know. Did you guys see the Ghosts in the Shell trailer? Speaking of other trailers, with Scarlett Johansson. I did a while ago. I did. I'm not invested in that. Yeah, me neither. I don't really care about that anime or anything. But um, I really like the the effects of like how they made the city look uh, with like the hologram billboards and stuff. I I was like, wow, cool. But yeah, I don't really um, care much for that. I'm sure I have to get if we see that movie. Deacon. Deacons. 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 Nice. Did he do Sicario? He did yep. Sicario. He didn't do Arrival, right? Right. No. Yeah, you're right. It was somebody else did Arrival. But he did Sicario. Did Sicario. Did Prisoners, which was also beautifully shot. Nice. Johan Janssen doing the music for this Again. one as well. All right. Might make it 80s synth Yeah, I'm excited power. about the music. We were talking about that earlier. The, the Evangelist, of course, <laughs> did the music for uh, Blade Runner. And it's super... Super doesn't age well, if I'm going to be honest. Super so we'll, we'll see. Well. We'll see how, how it works out with the new Blade Runner movie. Um, anything else for the trailers? Uh, I thought Emotion? there was Baywatch. Baywatch? I, I saw the Baywatch trailer. I, I liked yeah. it. I, I like. I think it could be funny. That's a movie you heard about, and you're like, that seems really dumb. But I didn't. It, I was all on board. And you're like, so. yeah, that could work. It's kind of like what they, it seems that they're doing what Jump Street did. Yeah. Like taking the TV show idea, but then making fun of it. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. It knows what it is. Yeah. You know? But it looks fun, and it looks funny. Uh, Zac Efron is, I think, emerging as a very funny comedic uh, presence. I always, I really liked him in Seventeen again. Um, have you ever seen that with uh, Matthew Perry and uh, somebody else? I can't remember. Um, yeah, you guys should see it. It's Do you good. Think he's coasting on looks. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, who Matthew Perry? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I love I love Baywatch. I mean, it's you got it. But there's the sexiest man alive, and then Zac Efron. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Do you yeah. think he would be funny if he wasn't as good looking? I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I don't. Um, are you talking about The Rock, or are you talking about both? Sure, why not? Well, I, I don't really. I haven't really seen a Zac Efron comedy in, in a long. I don't really. You see Neighbors. Oh. But I also think that I think that he's pretty good in that. I think with good looks comes confidence, and with good comedy also comes confidence. So I think that it usually goes well with with the mm-hmm. person. I haven't <laughs> seen the Baywatch trailer, but I mean, like, his, it seems like his comedy is like really like douchey comedy. Yeah, he's yeah, like he's, well, he's like so. an '80s, like he's straight from like the '80s sort of like rendition of what a he looks like know. a douchebag. Yeah, he's yeah. a douchebag. Let's be honest. And everyone so. else is like, come on, you know, um, those abs. They're pretty, pretty, laughing. They're right pretty fucking impressive He's so abs. fucking funny. He cracks himself up and makes his abs look like that. Uh, Alexandra Daddario is in it as well. I like her. I don't know any what of did you, What did you call me? <laughs> What's her name? Alex, Alexandra Daddario. She's in, uh, she's in True Detective Season 1. She's in... Oh, yeah. um, she's in... Something else. Uh, San Andreas with The Rock. Uh, she's in other stuff too. Oh my I god, Pamela Anderson. She's in an episode of the New Girl. Movie? Yeah, apparently. Good. 
That's the only Baywatch. She is not looking good these days. What? She's Pam Anderson. Good. Yeah, look at her. She's Pam Anderson. Oh, she's beautiful. Anyways, okay. speaking of movies, we thought. Yes. Speaking of movies, we thought were gonna suck when we heard about them. There's, you should talk about the Emoji movie. Oh, the Emoji movie, He's right? That something. Ju- I think that must have just released today or yeah, something because I haven't seen anything. Um, we talked a couple, maybe last year at some point, a couple of years ago when we didn't do the podcast. Uh, last year we talked about an Emoji movie being released or being thought up of and in production and development or whatever. And they finally released a teaser which had the meh emoji talking about how you should see this movie not really you know get his meh he's meh yeah and then there's a quick clip of like the cupcake and the something else emoji ice cream cone emoji and then a shit the shit emoji um i could see where they're gonna go with it but there was a really unimpressive teaser (laughs) colin's all about it (laughs) i don't even want to give time to this (laughs) but um (laughs) What emoji would you give for this? Ugh, God, the reviews are going to be so cringeworthy when the people are like, I give this three winky faces. <laughs> Just the turd emoji, like over and over again. I mean, I get that they were trying to be ironic with the meh emoji, but it was like... Boring? Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, way to get me excited for this fucking movie. Right? Here's what we think about this movie. We're going to take the meh emoji as the first thing you're Yeah, yeah. My first, dipping my toes into the emoji movie is going to get me real excited for that. I will say, I thought the same thing about the Lego movie. Um, so I could be eating my words. That's true. Later on in life. Mm-hmm. And Baywatch. So. Hmm. Is that it with the trailers? We get, was that a good one? I think that was we it. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, oh, did we talk about War for the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, oh, no, was we that didn't. one too. I haven't seen the second one. Oh, I really like the second one. Yeah, I heard it's it was pretty good. intense. Callan, have you seen the? We yeah, did watch I've the, seen, the, I've the seen both of them. Yeah. I like the first one. Um, See, so, yeah, the I like the second one more than the first one. I just feel like now, and especially after seeing this trailer, it's like it's becoming every other action movie. When which when it started the franchise with the first one, it was like so different, which is why I liked it. And then the second one kind of turned and went to like the traditional action movie and now that this looks like this one's just because it's gone full-blown action movie that is interesting i mean uh, i haven't seen these but like you know like the old ones weren't like yeah. fighting movies they were like but it's, i wouldn't even call the second one a fighting movie I th- it's about like but this certainly the different is. factions of like their clan and right. like koba like going fucking nuts and like, I mean, it's this, about fear. This and about, movie certainly looks like... I mean, it is called War for the Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes. I mean, it certainly looks like a big battle. Yeah. But it also... like It'll be I, the end, you know, of its trilogy. I hope. So? I hope. God. I would have respect for them if that happened. Yeah. Just no three, one likes to end shit these days. Yeah, just let's make another one. There's money to be made there, Mitch. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, you guys are going to hate me. <laughs> they should They should have just then, with these characters and this look, just remake the original Planet of the Apes and have like, somebody crash down on like, they their They can CGI Charlton Heston. Yeah. Oh, we have the technology. Oh, my we God. We have now. the technology now. <laughs> if they could do it with Peter Cushing. Yes. All right. Let's, I, get into our, <laughs> let's get into our movie of the week, guys. Um, Star Wars, or Rogue One is Star Wars. Man, I'm going to keep steering that up. It should be called Star Wars Rogue One. Damn it. 
yeah, you know what we we refer to everything as like the Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope. Are we just going to refer to this one as a Star Wars story? Yeah, right. It's this, it's a <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Um, so Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna self plug here for a second. If you love Star Wars, if you like The Force Awakens or didn't like The Force Awakens, go to woodwardsdetroit.com. Uh, you can you can click on in the, on the banner page. There's a, a year of thoughts. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I uh, I did actually spend a year writing down what I thought about Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and it's all there for you to digest. It is very verbose, but if you got five hours to kill during Christmas break, go ahead and check it out. It's going to take five hours to read that. No, I'm kidding. But it is, it is, <laughs> oh it, it, it is not going to take five minutes. Um, it's a it's a fun thing to to, to go through. It is. Have you looked? At I it? haven't it's looked at it yet. It. Yeah. Uh, all right, um, I'll look at it when I get home. Um, that being said, uh, which I think is just interesting anyways, because the long, look, the longer you look at a movie, the more flaws you see in it. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm going to preface this, but I'm definitely riding on the high of this movie. And I know when I watch it over and over and over and over and over again, like I do with Star Wars movies, I'm going to find some flaws. But let's get into Star Wars. <laughs> Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Directed by Gareth Edwards. Let's start with that really quick. And by the way, we did see this film together, which is kind of cool. I like when we do that. I know we saw them together. So we have actually talked about it a little bit, but we've had a, we've had a week to simmer, and so we, we'll have a little more thoughts. Directed by Gareth Edwards, guys, have you seen Godzilla by no. Gareth Edwards? Yes, I haven't. I haven't actually, and and oh. I feel like shitty for not having seen it before this. But do you like Godzilla? I liked it. For, yeah, I liked it for uh, uh, for different for different reasons. I guess. I mean, it's it's weird because it's not even like really a Godzilla movie, but um, it's interesting and it's be- well, it's beautiful looking too. I just start by saying that there's like some really just beautiful shots in it. I remember the trailer with the the freaking the, the, the paratroopers or whatever, like the weird mm-hmm. right, the, whatever yeah. that was. It was really cool. I yeah, skydivers. Yeah. What about yeah. monsters? Have you seen monsters? I have not. No. Okay. Just I want to throw this out there right before we go into Star Wars, but like it's interesting that his two movies are monster movies, monsters and Godzilla, which there's aspects of monster movie-ish stuff in this movie, at least one scene. Um, Let's, uh, man, what's there to say? Look, this takes place before Star Wars A New Hope, which was originally released in 1977. Um, and it takes place. We're gonna, and then, by the way, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We're going to get into that spoilers. So it's like if you haven't seen the movie, you should be listening. Yeah. Anyways, um, it takes place right before. It's about that one paragraph in the beginning of the opening crawl of Star Wars A New Hope uh, that says the, the rebel spies beamed up to the ship. Uh, Death Star plans and the Princess Leia is taking those plans uh, and they're going to destroy the Death Star. So it's about finding those plans and getting them to Princess Leia. That's what this movie is about. So you know what's going to happen. Um, and they get the plans get to the Princess plans. Leia. <laughs> let's go around first. Before I, I got, I got the stuff we can, we can talk about. But let's go around first. Uh, Colin, what were your first thoughts on Rogue One, a Star Wars story? My first thoughts is I, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. And, um, you know, I always... I always say, like, if for an action movie, like, did I have fun watching it? Yes. If I had yes, it's just, I, th- I consider it a success. So, um, I, I, I thought this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching it. it was, it's, I mean, to me, it's always going to be fun to just go back into this world. I think regardless of if it's a good or bad movie, I think I'll enjoy watching it. Um, I mean, the amount of times I will watch it will be depending on if you know it is in fact a good movie or not but like I, I will always enjoy going into the star wars world um I, I i thought it was fun there's a lot that is different about this um 
the Star Wars movie is terms as look and feel, but there's also a lot of things that are very familiar about it, which um, might be a, a criticism for me. But um, it's it's a really fun, a fun, entertaining um, movie with just a really killer final action scene. Um, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> that. Uh, I, that I'm trying to like because I ended on such a high for me that I'm trying to like am I swayed by a good ending. the very good ending does this good ending make up for a really sluggish um, and not good first half of the movie for me but overall I found this movie really fun and enjoyable well, maybe we can unpack some of that stuff as we, as we go I please here. please there's yeah. a, was a lot um, Mitch what were your first thoughts um, yeah I also had fun watching this movie I think what this thing does this thing this movie does well um, is action the way it looks um, world building like at, continue like adding on to like how the rebel uh, how the rebellion is made up Um yeah, I I loved that stuff. I love the action. It was yeah, it was one of the best. It was even better than Force Awakens, I thought, and just in terms of like I don't know. The action? The action was just cool. There was a lot of good uses of like another star battle that was like, you know, just really put it over the top of even like Revenge uh but Return of the Jedi and the prequels for the most part. Um so, that was fun. Um, I have some a very big problem with it that I think um, makes this movie a kind of a a, a slog and a chore, um, and that has to do with characters um, and development of characters, um, which uh, also plays into dialogue and um, just the way it, it's written. Um, so. I I've seen this movie twice, and uh, the first time I saw it was ecstatic, loved it, um, was shocked by it in a lot of ways. Uh, um, my first thought was that this is a Star Wars movie that I you know look look I, I, along the way to this I've been saying on this show that I think this is a bad idea. They shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be doing these side stories like this. They shouldn't be doing side stories that have such an impact on the rest of the. Of the, of the of the original trilogy, um, I'm completely wrong. I think that this is such a great addition. I think um, it's not going to resonate with me as much as the Force Awakens did, but I had as much fun, if not more fun, watching this film than the Force Awakens. And the way that they took me back to 1977—I don't mean I was there, but you know what I'm saying—I thought was fantastic, and I loved it. Um, I also just want to say that seeing it a second time. Uh, I had the, I had a problem with the first half of the movie the first time, but I think knowing how it ended the going into the second time I really enjoyed the first half of the movie a lot more and I felt more for the characters knowing how it's gonna end, so it was a, it was a little different it was a way better I was cheering at the end of the of the movie the second time which mm. is crazy because I've seen it already. Um, all right, let's 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 start off here with this because it's the beginning of the movie, and I just want to know you guys' opinion. Every Star Wars movie starts with this opening crawl that says, "Here's what's going on in the universe right before the moment you're going to see." This movie decided not to do that. Um, I was going into it; I thought that was stupid, and coming out of it twice, I think that's stupid. Do you guys not having an opening crawl, Mitch? Did that did that make a difference to you, or what? It didn't really bother me, but it, 
<clears throat> the way the movie did start bothered me. <laughs> just like the way it, um, the title like just pops onto screen. It's like a broke one. Um, that bothered me. Mm-hmm. But not having a opening crawl. Yeah, it didn't. Okay. It, the way I see it is like the opening crawl is kind of reserved for the saga. That's um, how they. That's how Lucasfilm. Yeah. They see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Colin. I know you hated the the font. Oh my <laughs> god! Maybe my biggest complaint of the movie. It's mine. Yeah, it's weird. It, yeah, I do not it's like, like that. Pencil thin. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, no, it didn't didn't bother me that there was an opening crawl. I actually think it's kind of ballsy for them not to include the opening crawl. And furthermore, if they had an opening crawl, what the fuck are you going to say in it? Yeah, no, it's difficult. It's difficult. Say, could, yeah, but you could say. Galen Erso has been, he used to be working on this Death Star and he's, for years, he's been living a life of solitude as a farmer and now Dr. Director Krennic, who is responsible for the construction of the space station, is on his way to convince him to come back. We got all that. I know. Isn't like the first rule show, don't tell? Yes, but not in Star Wars. I mean, it's not. Because the first, the first thing you see is, and I also just think that, I, I mean, we're fine and everyone, everyone's fine without it. But I just think that it, got, it took away from the excitement of like, yeah, foreplay, Star Wars foreplay, which yeah, is what it is. Yeah. Um, I just bring it up because it's, it's the Butter way. me up. I, mean, just, I just bring that up because. Kale was fully wet during the yeah, movie. He, he, didn't, he didn't need that excitement. That would have maybe put him over the edge. Yeah. Wet and half I, I, chubbed. Uh, <laughs> I just bring it up because it, aside from the fact that there's no Skywalker in this film aside from Darth Vader um, and Leia's appearance at the end but it's not a Skywalker movie the biggest difference is there's no opening crawl and that's the biggest obvious difference the other one I just want to bring this up quick before we get into the meat of the film I just want to know what you guys thought um, there's <clears throat> title cards for planets in this movie which is never seen that so every time there's an establishing shot of a planet on the bottom left corner is a little Star trek font that says where they are um, did that help you guys? I mean because there's a lot of planets in this movie but or, yeah did you think that that was weird that they would make that shift now? Um, I yeah, I found I found that weird. I found it, you know, if you're not gonna have opening, you know, the opening crawl, like why? You don't need to introduce these planets. They mention them number one, and they're fully like fleshed out planets and like fully realized planets where you don't need. You can tell the difference. Yeah, right? you don't. You I was never confused that one planet was another. Right. I mean, I think the. You know the fact that there was a few planet jumping at the beginning. I, I I didn't like that from a story perspective, but as far as a design choice to have the title cards, um, I I, I, I didn't like that. Yeah, we didn't have. Didn't really bother me, but I can see why it would bother some people. I mean, we didn't need it because, unlike Force Awakens, where you had. Um, for some reason, the name is escaping me. Uh, that planet that looks exactly like Tatooine. Jakku, yeah. Jakku, right. Uh, you have a, a planet like Jakku that looks like Tatooine, um, which was confusing, you know. Yeah, um, you, you could use one there. That would make sense. Like, right. This is not Tatooine. Yeah, not Tatooine. Um, but, yeah, this one had two completely different-looking planets. Very that, bizarre. Yeah. It's very strange. And, oh. and Yavin 4, which we know. Um, right. Also, did they? I don't think they used them for all the planets. They, they didn't. didn't. They, they didn't use it for Darth up. Vader's planet. As far as and I know, they didn't use it for the Yavin Four, the, the main. The no, they did use it for Yavin Four. They did. No, no, the um, <laughs> where the final battle Scarif? takes place. Yeah, they I didn't think, use that. I think they do. They do. Okay. I, think, I don't remember. I think they do, um, but they do not use it for the planet that Darth Vader's yeah. castles on, which leads you to believe they're trying to hide that. 
But then Lucasfilm came out and said, no, it's Mustafar, which is where Darth Vader gets his limbs cut off and it gets turned into Darth Vader in Episode 3, which is cool, which is awesome that he makes a tower there to live on. But weird that they didn't put Mustafar. It was very strange. It's yeah. very, yeah. very weird. How do you build a That's structure That's actually like the that? one place I wanted to know. Yeah, where you do want, yeah, yeah. How do you build a structure I, like that? I have a feeling... I, I actually, now that it's I'm, so hot. Now that I'm talking about it, I think that if you had written Mustafar on there, that the reveal of Darth Vader wouldn't have really happened. I mean, you know, because when I saw that that structure, I'm like, okay, it's probably Darth Vader. Of yeah, course. Everyone I knew. leaned over to Colin. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I wonder who lives here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dark medicine castle? Dark who could that be? Black castle right. and a red lava planet? Just, I'm, trying, like, I'm trying to justify who else? Film, why they Yo- That's actually Yoda's summer home. <laughs> Lava front, lava front property. Yeah, right. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, but so Darth Vader's in this. He's a recurring character. There's some other ones we'll get to later on a certain subject that I want to talk about. But let's let's just start this off with we got brand. This is one of the first Star Wars that only really focuses around brand new characters. I mean, even Episode One, you still had Obi Wan. Well, you still had R two. Yeah, Ray, Finn, and Poe. Yeah, but but you you know Han Solo is a, is a major player in that film. I mean, I'm saying I there, there's no. There's no invested original character in this film, really. Even the bad guy. I mean, Darth Vader <laughs> is there, but really it's Krennic. Krennic's the bad guy. Um, what do we think? We got Jin, we got Cassian, we got K2. Um, we've got the, the, the two, uh, the blind guy and the gun guy, who uh, are the protectors of the wills. They protect this, this temple on uh, Jeddah. And then you've got uh, Bodhi, the Imperial pilot. Those are basically our, our main characters. Go away. What do we think about the new additions to the Star Wars galaxy that are really short-lived, to be fair? I mean, I like new characters. I like um, seeing new people in this universe because, you know, we... For, for all the other movies, it's really just one family kind yeah, of fucking up everything. Right. Um, but, um... I, I So I like having new characters. I'm my, my complaint would... And I don't have a problem with new characters. My complaint would be... I wish we would have had more time developed for Jen and Cass- Cassian. Yeah. Then uh, we, I wish we had more time with them to fully um, have a fully realized character of Jen, which I don't think we have. And either spend more time getting to know these side characters or don't because we have these really half-fleshed side characters the blind guy and the gunner guy especially who we don't we don't really fucking know what's going on there i mean we know that the one guy kind of practices the force and believes in the force but um all the side characters felt really half fleshed out and jen and cassian felt a little bit more fleshed out but not to the point where they could be because we were spending so much time focusing on these other side characters, especially when none of them really even matter in the end. So, I mean, well, so my thing is the character development in this movie is its biggest detriment. I do not care about these characters. I can't remember the names of these characters um, besides Jin and Cassian. I don't remember the rebel pilot's name. I don't remember the Jedi monk um characters names i remember the villain because he's the villain um the 
the amount of time and effort put into developing characters is a staple of Star Wars movies. I mean, you would agree with that, right? I mean, you know the characters, and that's what makes them relatable and fun. I mean, Force Awakens, Rey and Finn, great characters, I think. Um, You remember them. You related with them. I just don't care about these people, and that has everything to do with the writing. I mean... There's a lot of things in here that are a lot of tell and they don't show. There's a lot of, and when they do show, it's not very well done or, you know, I don't understand why Jin or so cares at a certain point. Like nothing happens that really gets me to believe why she would care about taking down the empire. She's just like, oh, I guess I, it's a it's three quarters of the movie. I guess I have to start caring now. Um, so, you know. Um, so I, 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 I got this way more seeing it the second time, uh, which is that I, I, I would say the, the thing about Jin's character that they don't really develop is like, well, see, see here's the interesting thing about Jin. Jin, Jin rather than, because everyone's like comparing Jin and Ray for no reason other than they're women, honestly. Obviously. Um, yeah. The difference, you know, Ray and, and Luke and usually your Star Wars hero is a hero who's like, I want to go out and see the world. My life here sucks, and I wanted something bigger and greater to, to aspire to. Uh, and Jin, when we see her as an adult, um, she's very bitter, right? She seems to hate shit. She seems to not be want, want to be involved with anyone or anything, which is a very Han Solo-y vibe, right? Like, Han Solo is a cynic. Jin's a cynic. Uh, Saw Gerrera, her stepfather, basically says, you can just stand there and watch the Imperial flags rain over the galaxy, and she goes, it doesn't have to bother you if you don't look up. So she's very, she's this whole idea that she, because she's been abandoned by her father and her mother and her stepfather also abandoned her, that she has this angst against the, the, uh, the galaxy. And then, look, it's very quick, but the whole idea is that, look, she sees her stepfather get killed. She sees the power of the, she witnesses the power of the Death Star. And then she sees her father get killed by the rebels, right? So she's got this kind of like, this, she's got to end something. But it all comes down to... She's got to end the, the conflict. But it all comes down to... And she has nothing to live for, which happens later too. But it all comes down to... There's this, I thought there was this really great scene. And I thought really great writing. Where after, <laughs> after Galen is killed by the rebel bombs, her and Cassian have this philosophical fight on the ship about who is right here. That was my favorite scene. And that was my, I love that scene. And it's really the shift where, you know, basically... For me, this is what I got out of it, is that, you know, after Jin gets this message from her father and she decides that, man, I really, I have to, I owe it to him to stop the Death Star and to help out this, this rebellion. Um, you know, she, she has this fight with Cassian where she says, look, you're basically being a stormtrooper. If you're, if you're just following military orders, what's the difference? And there's this shift for Cassian later on in the film where the rebellion is like, Look, I don't. We're all voting. I don't think we should go attack the Death Star. And Cassian goes, "Well, that you know, she had a point there. Uh, I'm gonna go with her and go rogue, right? That's the whole idea." But Jen takes something away from Cassian, which is that you're not the only one who lost out everything. There's all these people in the galaxy that've been fucked over by the Empire. So I think for I, this is a long-winded discussion or soliloquy by my my part. But I'm just my point is I, there was that scene, and it's short. But it's that scene on the on the uh, on the carrier ship where they kind of convince each other that they have a common goal, 
And that's what I thought was interesting and powerful because the whole point of this movie is all these rebel factions that can't get along with each other. Right. And I like that about that. I like the, and I, and I, the yeah. world building of that. But that scene could have been way more um, hefty. And I mean, it was a, a good scene. I like that line where he's like, you know, I've been dealing with this since I was six. Like, I, I just, I didn't have a choice. It's just some of us decided to do something about it, um, which was like, wow, yeah. And that made me like his character a little more. Um, I just wish, I wish I would have seen Jin with Saw Gerrera. I wish I would have seen right, it's Cassian. That, it's that chunk that's not there. Or Cassian. I mean, Cassian? Cassian? Cassian. Ca- Cassian is okay how he was, but there's just, there's more to be learned from their interactions. And I think the amount of characters that we have in our, like, you know, band of uh, misfits is the same as, like, Guardian of the Galaxy. And Guardians of the Galaxy fleshes these characters out in such an efficient and, like, good way that you feel for these characters, you understand their backstory, and you understand their view on the, their point of view. And a lot of, you know, you say like Jin's point of view is she doesn't care, but like, I didn't get enough of like why she didn't care. It was just like, I don't care. You know, um, there's a lot of just, just the writing and the dialogue early on that just doesn't tell enough and doesn't establish enough to make me like really feel for her. Um, and she's, she's kind of boring to me. She's a pretty boring character for a main, main character. And maybe that's Felicity Jones' performance. Maybe that's the writing. It might be a combination of both. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> I liked the two, um, the Chinese actors, uh, Donnie Yen, and I don't know the other guy's name. Um, I thought their characters were interesting because they played off of each other. They like came as a package. And you could kind of, knowing what you know about like the Jedi, you could kind of get a feel for like where they come from um the rebel pilot not so much to me i mean he was a defector and that's pretty much all we know about him right for um, me he was the character that's like what well, i don't really know much about Bodhi rook like what yeah. it's weird he he kind of like they don't even explain it like i would have um, loved a story from him about why how he became a rebel pilot yeah, or, or not rebel pilot an imperial pilot right. um and why he left. And why he he why had to Gale, leave. Why Galen Erso inspired him to, to Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of that just isn't in the movie that I really wanted. I really wanted... I wanted to see Jin with... Like, flashbacks of Jin with Saw Gerrera. So that their meeting together would have more impact. Because their meeting together feels so like... What am I watching here? Are, are these these two friends? Are they foes? Like, you know... And I, there's a few lines of dialogue. It's like we had to leave. You see the pain in his voice, and or hear the pain in his voice, and see it in his face. But it's still like I didn't get to see what they went through together. All I know is he saved her, and now she's in handcuffs, and now she's being rescued, and now she's with the rebellion. And it's like I don't know what happened from then to then. Like how involved in this in this fight was she, if at all? <clears throat> But I, I just I found myself really loving Jin. Like I, I the second time I saw this movie, I was like, man, I think she is way more interesting than Ray. I think she's she. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I I think she she's flawed and she's confused and you know Ray just kind of look and in a very Luke way, Luke Skywalker way. Ray is the similar similar. They just go along this thing and people they 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 have powers that they're really good at that they didn't even know and that's you know I've seen that before. Jin to me was a really 
Jin gets on a all this bad shit. You know, I here's here's what I got from the characters. And I read this piece on Hollywood Reporter about how like it's really annoying because it seems like it's very plot driven and it's very like. The, the characters don't make decisions. They just are thrown into this and this and this. But to me, it's a war movie. And in like most war movies, I think, uh, the, the point of this is how are these characters affected by the war? And my what I love so... I wanted to kind of end with this. But what I love so much about Rogue One is it's a Star Wars movie <coughs> where the characters are so affected by the war that they decide that they need to affect the war more to the point of they, they get on that, that, that Imperial ship and go down... When they get through the security shield at Scarif... Jin literally says to them, if you watch it a second time, we're going to run out of chances. She just says, you guys are all going to die. We're not going to get out of here, but it's worth it for the fight. And I, I, it's, like a, it's like a moment that I don't see in blockbuster films like that. Um, and it was like way more inspiring the second time knowing where it led. Right. And you're saying oh, you don't know why she's doing it. Right. I don't like, but yeah, she me, says that. Like and she's, it's she's, effect- just, she's just lost everything in a day. Right. And the time is ticking. They're going to they're going to destroy the rebels and they're going to destroy everything. Right. But I guess I guess I'm just having a hard time believing her sudden um you know tenacity to like, you know, risk her life for this movement. Um even though and maybe that also has to do with like her relationship with her father also wasn't fleshed out enough. I would have loved to see a scene where they were doing something like on the farm. We get that flashback and like looks like Coruscant almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, looks like Coruscant, but then that's pretty much it. And that doesn't give me enough information about their relationship. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I just don't, I don't understand why she would care so much. And I think, I just don't think it was told it wasn't fleshed out enough to like really get me to believe and want believe her in wanting to like end this. Got and it. maybe that's just her emotions in the movie. They're not like you know, Ray is a very charismatic character and well and um Daisy Ridley is a very charismatic actress and has like a lot of range and emotions and I've like I never see Felicity Jones pull off like the range that that um, she does in well, Force Awakens. But, but also, I mean, <clears throat> the character is not like Jin's not supposed to smile. Like she doesn't. There's nothing happy going on in her. Right, life. but or, even like, sadness. Ray is like, I I just <clears throat> felt very both times. I mean, I felt very emotional at <clears throat> any time she was <clears throat> having an emotional reaction to something. Um, she falls to her knees when she sees her father again as a hologram. I thought it was really powerful. Um, I mean, what did you, Colin? What did you think of her acting? I I I thought performance was fine. Uh, I mean, I think she did what was there and written on the page and what was, you know, given to her as direction. I mean, I I I don't I don't fault the performance at all. I mean, and. I mean, it, it's it's a different movie in the Star Wars universe. I mean, it's it's not a fun movie, really, um, which was you know is is something that I'm still like kind of grasping with. That you know, for me, Star Wars is always about like the wonderment and the excitement and the new, right. the new um, things that are all happening. With I mean, in 
<laughs> it's kind of a downer. <laughs> this movie. It is. It is a downer. So I mean, it, it, I, I, I get what you're. I, I get what you're both saying here. I mean, I, I get Kale your point of her like that. She has nothing to be excited for, but then I also get Mitch. I get Mitch's point that it's like there's nothing to get excited to, for her for like you know, as a as a viewer. So it, it it's interesting. I mean, so at, at that going from that perspective, I look at it more as a fault of this character and the way it was written but it's hard to fault that because it was a different type of movie that it was going for um it it's an interesting conversation to have and i don't think that there's a right or wrong answer no i don't either and like i i will say i wish there was more i wish there was more character stuff in this film like i wish you got uh, i wish you saw more of all of them mm-hmm. but at the same time like i i <clears throat> I've been reading a lot of like I, I actually I guess my point is I can't believe how hard critics have been on that aspect of the film because I, I felt both times and this is coming from someone look I didn't expect this movie to be that good and I, I've found both viewings to be extremely powerful and I, I'm just surprised like there's like there's absolutely no sense of like there's absolutely I, I'm just getting a lot of like there's not from you but from other people out there there's, there's no sense of character in this film like there's no passion or there's no and it's just like i don't i don't well, get it's, that. it's 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 hard give to it a read. year <laughs> no it's hard to read the passion when the characters are so well you know <clears throat> yeah there's not much there's not a, like a ferocity almost yeah. to them there the like, yeah i don't feel their plight you know at, that much like i don't their, I, their emotions that they're giving off do not match the situation to me. They're um, almost too stoic. Yeah, they're all, yeah they're almost yeah mm. yeah they're, they're a little too stoic and a little too blank. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Why isn't there more anger? I mean, there are parts of like Diego Luna's performance that I liked, and a lot of what I'm reading is like, he's like the least liked of, of them. Really? Like, yeah. And like, he's just kind of blank, but I really liked that he killed that guy in the beginning, you know? And he looked like he had a regret to it. Like, like I, or Me I've too. like and done this, this is, like yeah. I've had to do shit. And, and then, what, yeah. and then later in that scene where it's like, I've had to do things that like, you know, we all, we all yeah, have. yeah, but she yeah. hasn't, she's just been, you know, looking down and not caring about things. So that's why it's, yeah, like, I understand. That's why I'm saying <clears throat> that. That's why I think it's interesting. They both are, they, they both realize that they have to, <clears throat> they have to find a middle. She says, don't care. He says, do whatever it takes to win. Right. And there's, there's kind of a middle ground here. Irving Kirshner always had this, this quote about the rebels versus the empire in empire strikes back. He said the difference between the empire and the rebels is that the empire will do literally anything to win. The rebels have a code. And in the beginning of this movie, I feel like the rebel Alliance doesn't yet know what their code is. And I, I felt like at the end of this movie that a lot of them were having regrets about doing anything to win in terms of like murdering people and stuff like that. And that this Cassian represents that, like, you know, he, he he sees sacrificing himself as a way of making up for that. But the idea that, like, we are better than them. And I got that in the scene. Now, I've had a lot of... We're skipping ahead. But I, a lot of, I, I agree with this, that when Cassian comes back at the end and shoots Krennic, that that's just, like, extremely boring, right? Like, Krennic, well, Krennic's about to shoot Jin or so, and then Cassian comes out of nowhere and kills him. I mean, you knew... And it wasn't surprising. Like, yeah. You knew Cassian was going to come Which back. is interesting, because the trailer... 
they're like sixty <laughs> percent of the trailer is not in the film. Right. Um, so that thing with the Tie Fighter doesn't happen. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. But I'm I, curious. But I did love that scene because you know director Krennic is the guy who killed Jin's mom, right? And really got his father killed. Her father killed. And so Cat, uh, Cassian shoots Krennic, and then Jin is about to run over there. Krennic's not dead. Like you can kind of tell he's not dead. Right. And Diego Luna stops her, and and I, I love that because he's basically like, look, it's not about revenge. It's not about killing this guy or throwing him off this thing. There's a bigger, there's a bigger thing here, and that's we got to get the data up there. I, I don't know. I love that moment. That was a moment for me where we are better than the Empire. We're not just gonna go tear this guy to shreds and then throw him off a cliff. I, but a beautiful they could have thrown like him that. off after they up. They could. They could have. I mean, he deserved it. Sure. <laughs> oh, <we did>? Okay. <laughs> All right. What about what about Alan Tudyk's K two S O? See, he. I feel like he saved the really boring parts of this, like uh, slow parts of this yeah, movie. I agree. Alan Tudyk is really funny, and um, yeah, maybe the best character. <laughs> I thought so. He was pro- to I'm, me I'm the not, most human character. Was, he was the one that I kind of teared up. Yeah. For. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, we'll get to the end and all, but like that would just surprise the shit out of me. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, if anyone's gonna sell toys, it's that character. If anyone's gonna be in spinoffs, it's that character. And they said, "Fuck it, he's dying too." And right. He, and you know that's a droid, but he dies, and you're like, "God damn it!" Yeah. And he is fun, and he has this interesting like this the, his little quirk of he'll say whatever he wants. That's awesome. Yeah. Loved it. Um, let's just talk about the plot really quick, um, which is that Rogue One tries to explain the part of A New Hope with the thermal exhaust port uh, <laughs> being able to blow up the entire space station. And the idea is that Galen so designed it so that that would happen. Uh, what'd you think about? I mean, I think we all kind of assumed that would happen from the trailer, but what'd you think of that little bit? It seems kind of weird to me. I mean,. I don't know. I always thought of like a new hope as being like a long shot. Like, wow, this is what we discovered from these plans that we could, we could shoot something in here and whatnot. Not so much of like a, there's a thing in there and we, you need to steal it so you can, you can, you know, shoot a missile down it and blow things up. Like that's the only way to destroy this thing. I just, I liked it as like, I like to see it as a long shot. So you think it, it makes that whole thing... kind of? It makes Luke's effort kind of not as heroic, almost. Hmm. And to me, I mean... And it's also, like, really reckless, too, to just use the Force. It's like, all these fucking people died to, be, to get these plans well, to the you. I know. Star Wars. I know, but that's, <laughs> like that's, but that's like, my point. I feel like this movie almost makes that, like, not as, not as important of a moment. See, I, I, well, I, I saw it different. I thought like all these people sacrificed their lives so that Luke would have the opportunity to do that, which I think is really. I mean, you could look at it both ways. If you look, at, mean, if you look at if you look at Luke as like the balance of the force, it's pretty amazing that that people rally around the cause to lose their lives to make sure that a moment like that could happen. I guess, but but why didn't he make it bigger? He make what bigger? <laughs> the exhaust part a little bit bigger. I mean, now only, then they now know. only then uh, they the know. most powerful Jedi in the world can find a pretty like hefty chance that you know that Jedi is going to team up with the Rebellion w- to make that shot because no one else can make that shot. Um, Colin, the most powerful. He was not the most powerful Jedi in the world at that point. <laughs> All right, it was clearly Anakin. No, 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 that was. Well, I mean, I've heard you know people. I was someone in a group chat of mine was saying that well, why isn't Galen just 
make a self-destruct thing in the Death Star. Yeah, why doesn't but he I, just I, like I, do I, that right now? I mean, I think like the, <laughs> like the obvious the obvious answer is well, clearly he can't. If he could, he would. But also, he's not on the Death Star. I I I, I think one thing maybe even maybe is a criticism, but also works in their favor. The storytellers is that I'm not really sure where Galen's like he's not. He's the chief engineer of just the weapon, or is he the whole? You know, I, which is what I gather. No idea. I gather it's just that, and that's the the flaws. And they the put him on a planet. rainy planet. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he's always wet. Mads Mikkelsen's always wet. <laughs> right. So. He's never dry. Well, in the in the, in the Coruscant, Coruscant, yeah. <laughs> <In> the, <laughs> um, I found that that hologram to be kind of uh, annoying. Like it was too long that hologram message at a certain point he's like did i mention i love my daughter very much yeah but it was, it was cool i liked how they that's not something you really see in star wars where like one person's talking and there's like a montage of things going on it was very on star wars like in a good way like oh i gotcha okay with the with the yeah, like everyone's yeah. setting up the death star and they're gonna blow up the city and all that right. stuff. That was pretty cool. i like the artistic nature of that mm. um Uh, let's talk about this first because uh, we haven't. It's surprising we haven't. So Peter Cushing died in 1994. He played Grand Moff Tarkin in 1977. He is in this film as a CGI human being. Uh, he's not the only one. Princess Leia is also CGI at the end of the film. Um, <clears throat> this has been a this has been a huge point of discussion on the internet. Uh, Colin, what do you think of? of you know, did you did you know right away? Did you did you think something was off? I mean, like, what was your I've gotten it from different people. I mean, clearly, if you know Peter Cushing's dead, then you know that's not him. But I don't yeah. know what were your how that worked um, for you or not work for you. Here's the thing: I when it started off and you could see him in the reflection, I was all for that. I'm all into that. Let's do that. Let's shoot it that way. Let's shoot it really cleverly, really artistically, where we get what's going on, but we don't. It's not right in front of our face. Then he turns around, and he's a fucking full character in this movie. Uh, they don't hide it. There's close-ups. There's different yeah, lighting. There's I mean, everything. it's really <clears throat> impressive. Uh, it is also distracting. Yeah, it, it doesn't is. look real at all to no. me. It didn't He's look... Very his, stiff. It's <laughs> stiff, but his face just doesn't move the way a real face does. And it's so obvious when like a real person was talking to him and his face is like like really caricature-y. And, like, it was like a video game cutscene. It looked cold and dead mm. and not... Warmer Good. than actual Peter Cushing would have looked. <laughs> yes, actually, but um, but it's still, Peter Cushing in A New Hope is an awesome. You know, Graham Off Tarkin's an awesome character. Like, just ugh, you know. And if it was a you know slimy I, I, person, I didn't have a problem with the Leia one because it was quick. I didn't have a problem with all the ones yeah. that were really fast, like the Gold Leader and See, all that. Because here's the thing: the Gold. Here's why I think it's not a problem because you couldn't tell the Gold Leader's actual footage. Do you know what I mean? That's not CGI. And I, I think that so the gold leader and the red leader stuff is 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 outtakes from A New Hope. So they're different takes. Just like them, superimposed. Them and, saying, yeah. yeah. And and I just I, I think that the reason I say that too is because I had people text me about it or call me. My brother called me right away. He's like <laughs> I have to speak to you. No, I mean he was just like so like Governor Tarkin or whatever like that that wasn't real right or how they do that I mean we we watch enough and you know Peter Cushing enough for that to be so obvious and I think after a little bit people were like yes I mean you can tell look Uncanny Valley something's wrong something's off about it but and I'm I'm maybe in the minority of this but I 
especially probably in, for sure in this room, but in the world, I think you know, like I've seen we've seen this in other movies, like Captain America: Civil War. They made Robert Downey Jr. twenty five years younger. Uh, Tron Legacy. They made Jeff Bridges. Paul younger. Walker and um, Fast. Yeah, Furious yeah, there you go. Seven. Um, Furious Seven. But they didn't de-age him. I'm just saying. Like, right, but they still. Right. No, that. But yeah, you're right. Never mind. I guess they didn't de-age. Yeah. Either. No. But what's. I just think that, like, out of all of the other ones, maybe not Paul Walker, but this one, like, made sense to me. If you're going to try this, this is the character to do it with. Because it would be weird if that character is not in the movie. And he's such a prevalent role to me that, you know, if you have the option to recast it with someone or try something that's going to... Look, we're headed this direction. You can't stop it. I hate it. Like, I'm just saying, you know, it, it for me... Star Wars, Rogue One, this is the opportunity to push the limits <clears throat> there. And I, it works better so in other fake. shots than it didn't. But, <laughs> so, um, it just looks so fake to me. I you're not excited about the prospect? Of no, I'm all. not. Because then they're just going to be like, who do you want in this movie? Uh, oh, I want Elizabeth Taylor in this movie. And then they're just going to like see that. fucking put fake <laughs> you know, old actors and actresses in it. And you're just going to get voice actors to recreate their voices. It's not... It's almost like cheapening acting and like real performances. But see, I don't yeah, think Alan Tudyk believes that, and I don't know yeah, what the difference is. Like, I, I mean, that's not my argument against it. I mean, but that's, the, the, that's different. No you different either go. Anima- that's no different uh, than animation. No. no, I don't think so because you're you are putting in fake people with real people and expecting people to be like, yep, no difference here. Like, well, well, what do you what do you think about using <clears throat> using outtakes of Rogue One, Rogue Leader, and, and that was Red fine Lee? with me because it was so fast. But like having entire like scenes with these fake cartoon looking characters, it, it just do you have an ethical problem? With it? <clears throat> I yeah, and it just a visual problem with it. It didn't look real. Right, but, but you know, eventually it's gonna look really. I'm like, sure, and I also, but then I have an ethical problem with it because okay. it's no longer, it's no. If, you know, find a way around that. You know, I don't know why Member you Remember Elizabeth Taylor? <laughs> exactly. And I have a big... I, I'll save my speech for the end <laughs> about membering and, and stuff. Um, I, I, I'm, not against, I'm not against the this this practice. I mean, I just think that... I, I feel like there's just a way to shoot it that just would make it look better and look make him look more menacing because he wasn't i think i think what they were they wanted to make sure that they could they were not wanting to make sure but they wanted to it's like <clears throat> look back in the day like like when they did the the imperial walker thing and empire strikes back matting against a white background was unheard of back that you never did that so they they were they're, it's they're trying to do things that you just wouldn't do and you wouldn't light it like that but you would light a human like that and so mm. that's why they're right they're trying i would have preferred just like side and reflections and like the glass and just not so many scenes with him you know like justify that he is there but like we don't need to go back to yeah, him yeah cause now we have one too many villains right that's I, also I, I agree with that I mean, maybe he yeah. was into it too much but it's like I've um, just he's there to oversee a certain part of like the putting in the weapon and then like okay get the fuck and then out alright I have like, to go back to Coruscant to yeah and you get him in the reflection saying like let's test it blah 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 I, I love. I think the possibilities are amazing. I think that the same way that you had to 
get used to the way those apes looked in Planet of the Apes, you will look you will look the same way at a human with CGI. I mean, you know, you watch the War of the Planet of the Apes, you know they're not real. Something in your mind tells you that it's not. It's the same re- thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think eventually, you know, these. Mo- I just the other thing is these <clears throat> movies like. Honestly, Rogue One could be it could be probably from the Academy standard considered an animated movie. I mean, it's almost all animated, and I just think it's like we're crossing into an area. But I think the ethical thing is going to be there forever. But interesting, I found it interesting that there's other actors, other characters like there's Doctor Evazan. He doesn't like you, that character who runs into him, <laughs> and then um, I have a point about that. <laughs> and then you know there's General Dadana who's who's in the uh, Yavin base. Who just recast and yeah. you know so it's weird they they did it for some but didn't do it for others but I'm sure they're gonna. It is. I mean, Ma, I, I'm, Ma, sh- Ma. I'm sure they. Yeah, my Mothma. She's. Yeah. I'm sure they they tried it like with an. I'm sure they, they tried did. it they with did. an actor they didn't did. see what they could do. Wasn't didn't he make an appearance in Revenge of the Sith? Like no, it was, uh, I think it was or a like a reflection guy. of him. There, he is there as the character. I think he's a different actor. Well, yeah. Well, that's my point. Why yeah, can't yeah. they have brought yeah. that guy back and? No, they right. did with Genevieve uh, O'Reilly, whoever plays my mouth, but she was in episode three. In oh. Deleted scenes. Oh, I was going to say, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, my thing about, like, well, I I have, like, a section of, like, callbacks and, like, members. Uh, <laughs> I I kind of have, there was almost a little too much to me. Blue milk, fine. That's cool. You know, that's what they drank back <laughs> in that place. Um I did. You guys liked it, but I did not like R two D two and C three PO at all. Oh, I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. We didn't need them in it. It was distracting. Like, it was just thrown in there because it's like, <laughs> look, guys, they're here. Because why wouldn't they be? It's like, fuck. like I don't. Why do we need to see them? We're about to go to battle right now, and they cut to them being like, "Oh, they're going in the ship. I wonder why they're going in the ship." And beep boop beep boop beep boop boop, and everyone's that? like, "Why <laughs> don't they tell us anything?" Yeah. No, everyone starts cheering. It's like, "Fuck!" Like, yeah. my my thing is, get I thought, I with thought, it. I thought they needed more of a role. I thought it made more sense to see them get on a ship yeah. and go with Princess. Le- like, I thought that made more sense that they would be more included. Yeah, that that's my problem with that with that scene because the <laughs> what they showed doesn't have any bearing on the story. It's just in there for people to get a reaction out of it. Whereas if they would have made them actually like important to the story, like how they actually are, like in those events yeah, right then, right. and showed that, that would have been different. It was kind of it was kind of yeah, bizarre. But- like you should have seen them walking through the Tantive Four when the guys were running with the plans to Prince, you know, or something. They should have been in more. Yeah. I, I thought. I don't know. Like getting Yeah, but the then you wouldn't have enough time to develop characters you didn't develop. <laughs> Right. This is true. This is true. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just uh, they weren't needed. Maybe in the background, but they don't need to fucking stand there and you know a well framed shot and making quips and stuff like it's yeah. weird. But I there were. I'm just curious how the those guys from the Moss Eisley Cantina how they were able to get from Jetta to Tatooine so quickly oh, yeah. on their budget. And he's, got the, he's got the death sentence on, <laughs> on 12 systems. 12 systems. But that butt-faced frog needs a new friend because in a week he's going to lose his arm because right. his friend gets him into a fight. Right. Have you ever seen that robot chicken yeah, thing? He's an architect. He's an architect. Yeah. <laughs> he loses his arm and loses his job. He's like, no, man. Like, calm down. He's just drunk. And then he just gets his arm chopped off. Who? Hondo Baba, the guy who was with the nose guy. He like grabs Luke or the the 
oh, froggy yeah. looking oh. guy grabs Luke and he's like, he doesn't like you. I don't. I like don't him. like okay. you either. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I see him. Yeah. What does Obi Wan say? He's like, he's like, never mind him. <laughs> We're just friends here. <laughs> and he chops his Let arm. Let me off. get you something. <laughs> yeah. It's a lightsaber <laughs> <laughs> to your arm. Um. Okay. How about let's, this? Is a this is a big also a big point of of the movie. Oh. Can I just add something to that? I liked how the Hollywood Reporter put it as a triumph of nostalgia over common sense. Having Peter Cushing in the movie. You didn't need him. I just didn't think. I mean, I don't want to go back to that. I just, I just think that you need the character. And again, if you if this is where you see your technology going, uh, like they made a choice to it. it, Look, and I, I don't mean this in the, they they did the same thing with Jar Jar. They they, they and I, forget about the character, but they had this they had this frog character and they had a costume, but they were like, you know, George, we we really think that this is the time that we can do this. And look, he didn't look real because he just didn't look real. But the CGI was like that was an amazing moment in cinema. And I think this is going to be one of those things where we're going to look back and we're going to be like, wow, look how bad Tarkin looks because. Fuck, you can do it now, and no one can tell the difference. Yeah, I mean, I just—it's just like I—I I, I wrote about this, but I, I'm Woodward's. But I think that Star Wars has always had a responsibility to push technology, and so right. I don't—I don't think it's—I don't know—I don't think they're sitting there being like, "This is worthless." I think they're thinking this. Well, I mean, I'm sure they other movies. I'm sure they thought that, but I just didn't think it worked with the. I just didn't think it worked. It was distracting to me. I mean, it's you see it in commercials too. I mean, like Marilyn Monroe and a yeah, Snickers right. commercial, yeah, yeah. and yeah, Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> well, they, yeah, and, and then it's just a question of of taste and how you present it to them. I mean, it's I, I again, I don't have a problem with that technology, and I, I think it's impressive and it's cool that people can do that. Uh, it's just how you're gonna present that to me in your final. In your final product, and I think the, that this is also like they're, they're not motion capturing his face. You know, they can do that with yeah. Hamill. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the, that's that's for like I think that was another thing. It was like this guy's dead. Like it's not when your normal motion capture thing. Whatever. Yeah, and which begs it. We not sorry. We're back to this, but you think that they might try this or might have the option to do this with Han Solo? Do you think they might even no. like to, even to just make him look a little different? Like a little closer to Harrison Ford. I hope they don't. I don't think Phil. I always do this. Phil Lord, Chris Miller, is that it? I don't think they would be down for that. They don't seem like people who would do that. I don't want them to. I don't want them to do that. I do not want them to do that. I would prefer to just be, you know, suspend disbelief and be like, "Yep, that's Han Solo," because. He's younger. It's a different movie. Like I just prefer them not to make the movie, but you know, it's another. Right. Yeah. Okay, characters that did show up in this movie, not CGI, but that are older characters. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Let's just let's just have a little section here on Darth Vader. Darth Vader's in the film. <clears throat> I was very worried about this. I thought it, it seemed really silly. I, it, it worried me that it might ruin the. the flow of Anakin Skywalker's character or that they might do something crazy or that it might be the Joker in Suicide Squad which you're like <laughs> pointless. you're like fuck I mean I'm sorry man C-3PO and R2 made more of an impact on this film than the Joker did in I Suicide Squad agreed um, <laughs> what'd you think Alan? Darth uh, Vader I thought it was very tastefully done uh, I 
almost thought you could even use less of them. I think that one, that first scene with him wasn't really needed. It was a cool scene. Um, but, I mean, him at the end is, like, fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a perfect amount of on-screen time. Um, and the payoff was what we've all been waiting for to see him, like, right. in full, in complete, like, in his prime with the technology we have today. Mm. <laughs> um, and I liked, yeah. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but he sounded kind of weird. I don't know why that was. Did you notice that? Like, yeah, I mean, look, here, the James Earl Jones is freaking old. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. But I, I would rather him play play it and not sound right than exactly. someone else. Yeah. I didn't. Tempted. I didn't know Darth Vader was really known for puns, though. <laughs> when he says like "Don't choke on your ambitions" or whatever. Oh no! I thought that was very Vader. It's it's very weird the reaction that line is getting. Well, as because if, I mean, in the time before this, we know Darth Vader is Hayden Christensen, and when does Hayden Christensen ever like deliver a pun? Or when does he ever not whining or like yeah, being but, really okay, but moody? Yeah, this is 19 years later, and it's the, it's the Darth Vader we know in the original guess. trilogy. So I mean, I, in the original trilogy, to me, he's always been a smart ass. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know why. I I could re- I can recall him in the first three movies, not the original trilogy. Yeah, like I'm making like strange quips. I mean, I find your lack of faith disturbing. That whole when we first really meet him, right? I mean, that whole it's not a pun, but it's like. That's not really, you know. He's like, like I know more. He's, yeah. he's, like, he's an elitist. Yeah. He's an elitist. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess he did have like sixteen years to work on his wordplay. So <laughs> I will say that I will, I will say that um, I thought that 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 one scene on Mustafar. Albeit cool and awesome and great, I love seeing him in the back to tank. The t- yeah, and I wanted cool. to see more of that too. I wanted to see a mixture of of hating Christensen and uh, Sebastian Shaw who played them later. You know what I mean? Like a little, you could see him getting older, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it in the movie twice. I really don't know what happens in that scene. Still, I I, I try to. I, I don't know what why cool he goes there and why Vader. Right? Why does he go there? Yeah. Just to be like, <laughs> Grandma like Tarkin's complain. being mean. It, yeah, it, it is kind of like it was very very. That was a strange scene. But I think that that the reason they kept I, I from what I heard is there was four Vader scenes and they kept the two. Um, and I think they kept that one. I have a feeling they're setting up for a Vader movie. <laughs> And I think the whole, every movie's a Vader movie. What's going on here? <laughs> I, I have a feeling that they're, I mean, I read something, look, I've, this, I didn't come up with this on my own, but I read fan things about the fact that this is Mustafar and there's this there's this place and that Vader is kind of away from things right now. And then, you know, even in A New Hope, he's slowly getting more ingrained. Like, he, you know, Tarkin's his boss in A New Hope, which is kind of strange. I think they're going to, to I have a feeling that he does something that's fucked up. And the emperor says, "No, man, you're out of the game for a little bit. You know, go to the, your castle and, and think about what you did, kind of thing." <laughs> and I think that the movie's going to be like, "What the hell did he do to piss off the emperor?" I think that they're setting up for something. I'd love to see him just like Which a might- day, a day in the life of Darth Vader in his castle, <laughs> just like reading full regalia, like <laughs> just reading his paper. Like no, 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 it's not. It's not about him in the castle. Picking up the paper, like this idea that he opening does letters something. with the lightsabers. <laughs> This idea that he does something that he would be sent away because of it. And and I think you could even, if they want to go this way, Snoke, the big bad guy in episode eight, could be involved there. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Maybe. I don't want to see Darth Vader's like, pasty face, though. 
I just I would prefer just <laughs> cover it because we know what he looks like. He looks horrible. He's burnt and all yeah, fucked up yeah. and too much Vader. I, there's more people in this galaxy. I agree. I agree. I just think we've had eight, seven movies. That being said, was the Vader scene where he chops up a million rebels? Was that not the coolest scene? Of them? Like, I mean, it was scary. It was. See, and yeah, not being not smiling year to year the second time, I like was like scared because it it is. It's vicious. It's really scary. Like those guys are like, they're dead. They're locked in a dark room with the with the most powerful yeah. person on the planet, like he, or on the universe. He force pushes a guy in the ceiling and Incred- then walks by him and then slices him in half. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> it's crazy. I didn't see that. So. I, I my favorite. I, I forget, but he like just like flew someone like across the room or something yeah all right Hard. didn't he take somebody's gun and like chuck it at him or something like that yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, yeah. yeah. pretty great that, yeah. that shit with the like lightsaber through the guy through the door when it opens yeah i was really like, good. Fuck. like really good it was really it was awesome but it was also really scary and, I, and even like, like watching a new hope after like the beginning of new hope after rogue one it's kind of like this he's kind of like man the why do I have to do all this shit and the stormtroopers <laughs> go on? And like I like kind of like that. He's like, it was pretty cool the way that worked out. Right. Speaking of, let's just into this. What, what do you think about the all all the action stuff in this in this film? I mean, you said you liked it better than the Force Awakens. The yeah, it was cool. I for sure liked. It. I thought the action in the Force Awakens was okay. I thought it was. I mean, all, it was good, but it was it good, was. but it wasn't super meticulous. Like it was, it was very either quick and. Or it was interrupted by drama, which I know is right. good for it was good for the film. But as far as action, I mean, I never thought you know. I mean, maybe this is not the correct way to view Star Wars, but I always thought of the original trilogy, and I I I, I keep seven closer to the original trilogy than yeah. the other th- yeah. three. Um, I always thought that those three, the original trilogy, and then seven were kind of dramas that just happened to have a few action sequences in it. I never thought that Star Wars was noted for their action sequences. I mean, they have like iconic, like Hoth is like an iconic sequence. Blowing up the Death Star is like an iconic sequence. But it's like, there's way more drama and dialogue in all of those movies. Right. Right. It's characters, 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 characters. Um, characters driving your story. Yeah, which, I mean, mean, and if this was a movie to do more action and I mean if there was a time to do more action in it this is the movie to do it where it's it's a, a war movie it's a rebellion movie yeah but. I did like the action a lot uh, I like the perspective of the soldiers like on the ground like we don't see that in Star Wars you know um, besides in like Return of the Jedi but that's like more hot yeah it's not a different it's limited, you know? yeah, yeah um, like yeah just different um I liked that ship, the hammerhead ship that like plowed its way into it and then pushed the <laughs> malfunctioning cool concept, star destroyer yeah. into oh, the yeah. other one. Cool. That was awesome. Yeah. I liked the um, I liked the effect of the Death Star on the, on the planet and like you know how it just it was like a nuke basically. Yeah, that was what it was. Flies into space like that yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah, the debris going into space like the scale. He we've talked about it before. Gareth Edwards is really good with like scale and um, just how big things are um i loved all i could think of with the the uh shield to get into the um into the planet was space balls yeah when the thing with the vacuum suck suck (laughs) suck suck 
<laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. That's the code. Right. Um, I don't understand how that works. The shield? Yeah. It's, is it around the whole planet? Yeah, it's yeah, around the whole planet. Yeah. So that circle is the little door that you go through, but it also connects it together. Mm-hmm. Basically. Are there like multiple? No, there's, there's one that like just, wraps around the planet. They, that's basically been shown in Star Wars. I mean, there's a there's a shield and like Hoth has a shield and, and the other one. And then there's a shield that goes around the Death Star. They're all different ways they work. Yeah. But. It's best not to get too into detail. <laughs> but I did like when, when they were like trying to get down it as fast so as awesome. possible. And then the it closed up. and it like they pulled up. One of them skimmed it and the other one just like smashed into it and like rolled across like it was glass. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just I did like like just the sacrifice of the, you know, it was like all or nothing. Like they were going straight into it. And, you know, those people, those x-wing pilots probably died when they when the planet was destroyed um well was the planet destroyed or just a very large area of the planet just, a, just part of the planet <laughs> might as well destroy the whole planet <laughs> you know like if yeah, an ast- well, if well, an well, asteroid well, can destroy yeah. the earth's atmosphere and kill everything on it that should do right. the same exact right. thing <laughs> um i also liked when they were like going to go into uh hyperspace and then that star destroyer came in and the one crashed so into it fucking cool yeah i was yeah. like that would happen like yeah. that totally would happen That's um, awesome yeah was that the main that, ship that, that was did that? with the i got the guy that looked like Admiral no Ebert? it wasn't the main one but but there was it was some, one of them might have been another one it was like uh was it, it was like one of those weird like larva shaped yes, uh, yeah, troop transports that, that. that hit it um yeah Look, I love the the action. I and look, and you know, I guess it's easy to be irony about it, but the action does drive this movie. The war does drive this movie. And look, if you like, you say if you're gonna do this in a Star Wars movie and go all out with the action, it's this movie. And that look, that last fifty minutes is fucking perfect in my mind. I mean, like you go, you do want more about the characters and all that shit. But look, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way. This is like a video game. I mean, you get these mission. They everyone gets a mission. There's checkpoints from whether or not oh you got to fight through. The city on Jedha to get to uh, the hologram, and the hologram tells you to go to uh, the Rain Planet, and the Rain Planet you fight people there, and then you gotta go. I mean, it's kind of awesome. Like I love that. And then you're on Scarif, and it's the last level, and you gotta get into the to, to the base, and the you get to the the, uh, the Death Star plans, and then the power shuts off, so you have to break in and grab it. I mean, it's like fucking awesome. Bodhi has to tell. The, the rebels what's going on so he has to hook up to the communication tower and someone has to push the master level I mean it is all the drama in an action scene that you that makes a good action scene that you never you did not get that in The Force Awakens you didn't get this build up of action into a big climax like you do with like the Death Star fight in A New Hope I mean there's there's one thing after another then the ties come in then they go into the trench like all this shit that really builds up Gareth Edwards and these people that is amazing I, I it might be one of the best actions series of sequences in all star wars in my mind this was the first thing i said after we saw it i said the last you know 50 minutes was was great and i still think it's a really great action sequence i don't think it was like innovative or daring per se but they they used what they had perfectly exactly i mean to me it felt like a very formulaic star wars action sequence to me yeah, but like you have these the, things the like... The cutting between the different locations, like sure. what's going on in space, what's going on on the ground, 
cutting back and forth, and then what's going on inside, like the cutting. It's usually the, how they are. The There's three. like three things going yeah, on. Yeah, and that's yeah. how. I mean, to me, that's why they work, and that's yeah. why the Force Awakens didn't work. Yes, was, I, I I agree, but like again, this whole time we're talking about like how this movie is like what's to be different. And it's like, what, can you imagine if this was just like fucking like saving private Ryan style, like action in the star Wars world. Like I wanted it to be more daring with the action. The action that was delivered was great and it was a lot of fun, but I, I'm just, this is your moment to take those types of risks. And I don't think it took those risks. I think it took risks in how, what it showed us that the rebellion could do. And what the Empire could do. Because, you know, I never thought of the Rebellion as, like, being, like, a legit military operation. Um, they always seem, like, ragtag. Like I, I don't think they're there yet in this movie, to be honest. Well, I mean, but, they, but, they're, but they're pretty organized when they attack that base at the end. They military. Yes, yeah, they, they're organized like it's an all-out assault. Like, they, there are troop transports that come down and drop troops down yeah, to, yeah, like, support right. on the ground and... Yeah, I mean those guys all died. Yeah, I was like, gonna say they're all locked in there. Aren't so they? Yeah. Okay, see, this is what you talk about, and I get what you're saying. Like it's Colin. all or nothing here. I get what you're no. saying, Colin, but I think there's a little, there's a line to be drawn there with Star Wars, right? Like there's certain things they're not going to do. I think I Vader force know. pushing someone on the ceiling and cutting someone in half is about as far as they'll go, or burning a corpse and or burning not corpse, but burning Darth Vader at all in Episode Three. But I just think <laughs> killing that, children. Killing children, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a line to be a drawn, but, <laughs> but you don't see much of it. You know, I, mean, yeah. I don't know. My point is, is that heavily implied. Is that <laughs> this is this is my big uh, takeaway from this film that I maybe people think is not a big deal, or that that is a big deal, or that really didn't even care about. But and I heard I heard someone on another podcast that Gareth Edwards said this to them, or not Gareth Edwards, sorry, <laughs> Gary Widow, who wrote the story. That this is a movie where. Everyone on that poster besides Darth Vader dies. So in my mind, that's a huge gamble. That's a huge risk, I, I think. Maybe not in the action scene, but to to introduce into what's basically a kid's franchise or a family franchise. To introduce eight new good guys and then kill them all is pretty crazy. And I don't I've never seen that done in a blockbuster. No, but you're afforded that luxury when it's a one off film though yeah but you are I, I don't disagree with that I mean you you know I don't disagree with that but at the same time did you did you expect that I did not yes we that. all predicted it when we sat here and said yeah oh, we, we did all, say that we they were all, all gonna die. Gonna die. We all wanted it I don't think we all thought that they were gonna kill every one of them I kind of thought they were I think I mean what would be the that. point of not doing it to make other Jin movies, you t- you can't really believe that that's not a possibility. I swear, we sat here and all said that. We, I, I don't know what you guys said. I wanted this to happen. I never thought a Disney-owned Star Wars property would do this ever. I, Twenty movies down the line, I never thought they would do something like this. Uh, I never thought they would make a rated R Marvel movie too, and they did that. So. Well, but not Disney but or I, Marvel. Yeah, but but I I I'm just I don't know. <clears throat> First of all, Felicity Jones signed on for more than one movie because I think they didn't plan this to happen. They decided later on that this should happen. That's what I think. I think the reshoots, I'd be interested if they released the, that footage with, which they wouldn't do this, but if they did release that footage with uh, the Blu-ray, that'd be really interesting to see like 
what direction they were going in instead because there's so much in the trailer that you see like you see Krennic on, like walking in the water that's the most interesting yeah you see that st- that that yeah just interesting I don't know so my buddy Nick wrote in um, about about the movie itself and he, he loved it he thought it was one of the best movies he's seen in a while um, he said he really is starting to love the music. He really loved uh, Michael Giacchino's music, which I'm a little lukewarm on. I, I don't had, even but remember. He had this it. question for us, and he said, "There's common knowledge. There's been a million reshoots. I mean, what do you? What's your? He wants to know what we think was the difference. And I would just tell you, I think that they, that maybe most of them lived, and then they decided that all of them should die. I think yeah. that's probably what changed. But that, and I think there was a lot of things taken out and things like reshot for to help with character development um and just dialogue like how many times are they going to talk about hope in this movie like there's just a lot of this talking about the same thing over and over again and then there's this scene in the trailer where she says it's a rebellion isn't it i rebel like that is just like really painful line and i'm glad yeah, it didn't make the movie <laughs> so, so you know I, I i was curious what what was part of the reshoots but obviously a lot i don't it must have had a completely different ending in your you know maybe they did live but i'm glad they didn't so i think it might have been a completely different story i mean what's that one Line where I, I don't know her char- her character's name the the woman in my mouth yeah. with the with the yeah. butch hair yeah. uh, <laughs> the seventies hair yeah <laughs> uh, Florence Henderson <laughs> yeah exactly a poor man's Flo Henderson um, where she was like a major weapons test is imminent what's the word imminent imminent and th- like that's if they have they have that knowledge well also Cassian <laughs> says I've been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time. That's not a part of his character in this movie at yeah. all. He, he's a spy. He kills also, people. Also, like, good, no. no, I'm just saying that I, if you watch the first two trailers, none of that is in yeah. the Yeah, and Saw Gerrera doesn't have hair. And in the movie, he's got like a really fucked up, like right. gray, bushy right. something. Uh, yep. I really wanted more of Saw Gerrera. Yeah. It was yeah, just I'm not just, enough. It's, it's, I just, I think, well, I think that's part of it too. I think that whole, I think he didn't die. I think they just. I don't know where this happened, but I, I'm assuming that it was a happier movie. The only one that I could tell where I think I think I could tell that these were reshoots was Jin and Cassian on the beach yeah. and Krennic looking up. Yeah, I could tell because yeah. those were tight shots with not a lot of detail yeah, going on I, around them. And I also <laughs> think I think the scene where the scene that we both loved with them on the yapping each other on mm-hmm. the. I might be this, I might be reading in here, but and it might be because she was in the rain or whatever. But you, you know, certain like in, in Back to the Future, you can tell because Marty's wig is all messed up. In in, <laughs> in Episode Three, you can tell when Padme has been reshot because her makeup's completely different. I Felicity Jones's hair is way different in that scene. I noticed. Second time. I, I, I think that might have been a reshoot, but I I could be reading into shit. She's just really good at drying it. <laughs> was it wet? Like it was because I was. I'm just saying, like it was something was wrong. Something was off with it. I'm saying they might it might have been because they were just outside. She was wearing a hat. I don't know, but also, can we get a Star Wars movie with some like romance in it, or just like any sort of love interest no! at all? Wow, I'm so glad they didn't kiss or whatever. Uh, there's just. N- which, you know, which one of, sexless movies. Which, which my friend Jeremy wrote in too, and he he goes, he really didn't like it at all. 
Not at all. I mean, here's, let me read a little bit of what he wrote. Um, Instead of seeing a recast war movie with lasers and familiar music, I would have preferred seeing the final Darth Vader scene on repeat for 150 minutes. <laughs> but then again, I could watch the Star Wars video game theatrical trailers and get the same effect. Uh, he hated Darth Vader's one-liner. And then he goes, this is his part. And you guys, I think this is a good discussion. It's also fun how they their faint attempts at making an autonomous female protagonist. Remember Jim's defining character moment when she's on the sky platform facing the end. We talked about this. She's facing... Krennic, and Jeremy goes, uh, she's the person who killed her mom and her father and all this bad shit, and does she do something about it? No. Jeremy says, Cassian, he goes, the guy from Havana Nights, Dirty Dancing, comes back from the dead to save her life and avenge her entire family. Then, icing on the cake, that guy from Cuba, who's good at dancing, stops any potential hope Jin's agency may have had, saying, your father would be proud. Right? So that, oh. that, that moment says, your father would be proud. Jeremy also just emailed me and said, uh, sorry, uh, Cassie and uh, Diego Luna is actually from Mexico. Not yeah, Cuba. yeah, he's but, not from Cuba, I was going to say. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot to, Jeremy, thanks for writing in, man. There's a lot to unwrap there about, you know, is it, does it, does it totally undermine Jin's character that, that the man comes and saves her and that, you know, she, everything she does is for her father, says Cassie and all that stuff while they're on their beach. I mean, what do you guys think about all that? Did you like the beach scene? I mean, you know, you, you talked about it, but... What's your response to Jeremy? I totally agree with him on that. Um, absolutely. I mean, just, yeah, any agency that she, I mean, I, I applaud, you know, Star Wars for like for doing this for two movies in a row now to have your lead character, uh, a, a, a badass independent woman, or at least on the surface in this one. Um, but yeah, she's not, not really, she doesn't really do much on she doesn't her do own. much no she doesn't she huh. does not no. she climbs something she climbs stuff she does she climbs stuff she um she somehow is warranted a seat at the table of the rebel alliance discussion well, of what she they comes should do and says look i know it doesn't exist but i heard this message from my father that if we get the technical readouts at the station we can figure out a way to blow it up. Yes, but what is she proposing? <laughs> what is she proposing? No, there, there's a scene in the very beginning where doesn't she like, like someone come to free her, but like she just like like shoots she starts, people really quickly. And I was like, oh, she's badass. But then we never see that like ferocity in her. Kind of in the streets of Jeddah, she kicks kind of. ass, and like Diego Luna's like, I'm gonna save her, and then he goes, Oh wait, she yeah, and they did that time. already in the Force Awakens, <laughs> right? I know, but so it's like I mean, I would say to Jeremy, like, Look, is it is it the same shit as the Force Awakens, or they they're attempting to do a different kind of story? Um, which again, I appreciate. I just want to learn more about Jin's backstory. Yeah, I, I I know. I just I I would say too that like I don't think I read this whole other thing in. Hollywood reporter, but basically what Jeremy's saying that like it's always men driving Jin's story and blah, blah blah blah. But you know, to me, I just find I again I can't stress that I I go back to the the her discussion with Diego Luna on the on the way back to Yavin Four, and then on the way to Scarif when she's talking to these she's rallying the troops. She's basically starts the rebellion on her own. Like she's in the middle of all this. She's not really with the Rebel Alliance. She's not really with the Empire. Yeah, and that's what's interesting about her character. She she's doing sparks it. it. Yeah. I just thought of something. Yeah. Um, So if Felicity Jones has signed on for more movies, maybe they'll just do like a Jin origin story. And then they could introduce Kyle Katarn. It could be cool. That would be be really cool. Jim will show up in the Han Solo movie. Maybe. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe. I just think look, I think it comes back to they were gonna kill everyone. They, or they weren't. Oh, well. Oh, wait. So that reminds me. When they're on the beach and they're kneeling down, yes. they're hugging. It's a very strange moment at the end of the shot that I think was a mistake or just sloppy editing. Like they're hugging, like it's like over, and then Diego Luna does this, like. Like he like look, he like looks over like uh, at, are we, are at we still st- rolling? He does like he looks over at like where the crew would be like as if there's is that it? Like did <laughs> someone call cut? Did it keep rolling? Yeah, it looked weird. There was just that moment that I saw. I was like that really took me out of it. Like I wish he would have kept his eyes closed and yeah. Before we wrap this, like, you guys really don't think it's a big deal that they killed every main character in this film? That's like, not a big deal to you at all. I mean, we watched Captain America Civil War this summer where they Nobody won't kill dies. anyone. Yeah, and right. I would argue to the point of, you know, well, it's a one-off movie. They could kill him. I, I mean, I, I think to me it's like, look, people watch these superhero movies with a superhero. I mean, you could get someone to replace Captain America. You can get someone to replace, you know what I'm saying? Like someone could take over for Hawkeye. Someone takes the reins of that superhero. Like I think it's even easier when you have a mask on, so to speak. I, I think it's. I, I just cannot get over. I've never seen a blockbuster movie that's done this. Okay. And I, I think that's crazy. I I agree that it is pretty, pretty incredible that they would do this for such a big name. You know, like Star Wars. Um, but given the context, it makes sense. I know it makes. I know it makes sense. No. But movies, we're so used to people not doing things that because. Make sense. The, they don't do this in franchise in big blockbuster movies because they want to make them a franchise. Star Wars is already a franchise, so they don't need these characters to. But they could. They could. You could have Jin survive and Cassian survive, and then tell the rest of their story. Why couldn't you do that? Because they could just do like what you said, an origin story for them instead. Yeah, but what, I mean, if they let's say they don't blow up that base, and then you you wouldn't be interesting to see them what happens to them after the Battle of Yavin, and maybe they help out find the the rebel base and you know maybe they're instrumental in getting. There could be there's so many opportunities there. I feel like I feel like that's like the end opportunities for everyone in the galaxy to make their own you know I, I own story. I don't so disagree. Like, I'm just saying from a business standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, don't you think that? And this is and here's my other question before we'll wrap I don't know. Up. I say go back and exploit or and tap into Rebels. Like tap into that T V show because let's face they it. They will. Saw Guerrero's already yeah, showing up. Right. They're like yeah. but but that's my point is like people aren't watching Rebels. I mean you are and Star Wars fans and kids are watching yeah. Rebels, but the people the casuals who like Star Wars but aren't gonna like devote their lives to it. Yeah, yeah. Go back. I wanna see more of that. You know, right. so go back. Don't go forward, because going forward, that's Luke's story now. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's not Jin's story. Yeah, know? but there is all these stories of the rebel. You didn't, right? Think but who cares? Like, yeah, but what, what happens to the rebel alliance between Hoth and then wherever they are? And and you know, in Return of the Jedi, they don't have a home. They're just like floating in space and flying around from system to system. So like, I, there's just—I don't know. I just would think there would. Be, I'm not upset about it. I can't believe it. I, I don't know. I'm happy. This is good. Good. It's happy for me because it says that they'll fucking do this shit for other movies. Like, they don't introduce a character. They could die. Honestly, I for me, I see it as in... Somebody's going to die in episode eight. Exactly. I think... Is um, Ray, I mean, is Ray going to no. make it through the trilogy? Maybe she won't. Oh, that'd be weird. I'm that just, would be weird. I'm just saying. But, but Maybe it, but, it becomes a, more about stakes, Kylo Ren than the Ray. The stakes are in the back of your head now because Disney just said, well, we'll kill any new character. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome to me. 
I think Poe's gonna die in Episode Eight. I think I think there's a chance for Ray. I really do. I think that. And then you make. He, and then Kylo you, Ren becomes the main character. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Devastating. Awesome. That would be awesome. Devastating. Awesome. But I believe Disney would do something like that. That would be awesome. I just I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't go. To, I can't I think. Well. We could talk about Force Awakens again, and just like Kylo Ren, it was my favorite character in that, and uh, he's tapped for a redemption story. Um, but I read something that was like he's uh, he's irrede- irredeemable, unredeemable. He's irredeemable, unredeemable because he killed his father. And it's like it's Star Wars. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Darth Vader blows up a planet and kills hundreds of people, and he redeems himself at the end. He's unredeemable for that fucking hair. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got I got three last questions before we wrap up this discussion. You think I'll have a new hairstyle in episode shave eight? Shave it, fucking shave first, it. First question: What is the minimum age you would take your child to see this movie? Oh, like probably thirteen. Like it would like a legit I mean, PG thirteen. That's crazy, isn't that crazy? What? No, let a fucking two year old watch this. What, what, what the fuck is I this? I don't know. I think a lot of people are on Mitch's. I told. Say that. I told my. My coworker, um, he was like, "So should I take, you know, my son?" And I was like, "How old is he?" He's like, um, "Like eight or nine. I'm like, "No." He doesn't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm saying, like, I don't know. He's like eight or nine. No, I, I said no. I wouldn't take him. He'd be scared, and it's not a happy movie. Like, it, it's dark, and let people die, and there's some dark themes to it, and it's scary. I mean, it's fucking scary. It's not like a space adventure. It's like a war movie, it's scary. Now, Colin, I would take my child because I'm—they're gonna be force-fed Star Wars up their up their noses. But I just think it's 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 that that response could happen to a Star Wars movie is a is a big deal. Are we talking? We what? What's what would be deterring us from taking? Would it, For me, do you it's think the, the, the violence? It's, it's the ending. Do you think the me. violence? It's it's the grim nature of the ending of this film. Mm. See, I wouldn't take my kid to see it because I think they would be bored in it. Really? Yeah. I, I think they would be... It, there's not enough wonderment or excitement for them. And it, there is for a, a, someone our age. I think that's... that's Because there's more a little bit more dramatic level to it. But you, why... why <coughs> a, a kid would respond way better to The Force Awakens for the wonderment, the, yeah, the mysticalness right. of it. Yes, but I also think that kids aren't... Also, you got to understand... Like, I, kids aren't going to look in... Like, when you watch the prequels when you were 9 or 10 or 12, you, you didn't... You didn't criticize. You, you weren't like, I want to know more. I want to understand the characters more and shit. You just, you, you're shown the hero and then that's the hero and that's really, you just accept it. I'm just thinking, don't you think it would be devastating <clears throat> to see all these new heroes that you're told are the good guys of this new film and then they all are gone? I mean, isn't that. I don't know because it's hard. I feel like as a kid, it'd be hard to relate to those characters like or to understand where they're coming from because it's not it's not developed enough, but I don't think. But like, how does a kid relate to someone like Cassian? He just shot someone in the back and is talking about how he's basically lived an awful life since he was six years old in a war-torn country. Like, we didn't get to see him do that. Um, Kids in America do not understand what that's like. Uh, But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, as far as like violence and subject matter go, like take whatever kid to it. But 
I mean, I just don't think it's my kid would have fun watching it. It's really it's not, not a kid's movie. movie. Yeah, no. It's not a kid's movie. It's pretty serious in it. I mean, it, there's like distinct parallels to what's going on today with like Saw Gerrera's like faction and like a large empire mining a planet's resources and destroying sacred ground and having like extremists like you know ambush these right. soldiers and stuff it, it, there's a lot of that to it a lot of parallels to it um second question <clears throat> better better or worse than force wagons and in uh, what like Whatever capacity i would say um worse just because of characters like i love ray and i love finn and i love I mean, I don't love Poe because I don't know enough about him right now, but I like Poe, and yeah, I I just those characters are so much more like I remember those characters and I think about them and I'm like excited to see what they're gonna run into in the next movie, and I can relate to them. Um, this one just the the characters weren't there, but the action was, and that doesn't make a good movie to me. I like Force Awakens better. I, I think for me, again, Force Wiggins <laughs> will resonate for me. That event will never be matched in my mind. Um, but I, I, look, I think I enjoy this movie more than The Force Awakens. Like, I, I was surprised by this movie more than The Force Awakens. I thought this movie took directions that were more surprising than The Force Awakens. And I think that, I think that this is a, this is for sure a fan movie. And I know you hate the fan service, but like, it's more of a fan movie, surprisingly, than The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, I feel like, is for the masses. Mm-hmm. This was like, we're going to fucking cater to Star Wars fans here, like hardcore Star Wars fans. And I thought that was cool, and I appreciate it. All right, last question. Uh, does this get you more excited, less excited, or just as excited at the prospect of seeing a Star Wars movie every year? Okay. <laughs> little caveat to that. Does it get me excited to see it one every year. No, I do not want to see one every year. But does it get me excited to see more movies and more genres of movies that can be had in the Star Wars universe? Absolutely. I want a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Can, yeah, can you You're imagine? Like, get that. I want a threes. Me? I want a threes company in Star Wars. Miller? You're getting the comedy. comedy. Yeah, it's coming. Can you imagine just just a fucking romantic. <laughs> romantic comedy set in the Star Wars. I, like, I, I, that's exciting to me to see the possibility of like, you know, how they can flesh out different parts of this world. I, I, I'm not excited to see one a year though. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'd be like, Yavin two, a Terrence Malick film. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't desensitize me to the specialness yeah. of what these movies could be i mean like this is a very like a cool time for us to live to to have watched not not seen the original trilogy in theaters but to grow up watching those on vhs's with your parents because that's what your parents on theaters then to see the um the later trilogy and then to see this um rebirth of star wars and have it be exciting right now um where in very soon it's not going to be exciting because we're going to be desensitized to it 
that is my worry um that we're entering we're entering a phase of of star wars where there's going to be a movie every year and it's kind of unfortunate in a sense um it's fun but also unfortunate because like disney's got them and disney makes passable movies in in a sense um and i'm afraid that we are getting toward the direction of um these films simply being passable but being deemed great because they they service our need for like a reminder of like a member you know like hey nostalgia like star wars you love it no matter what um and i think just like the references and stuff just doesn't there's got to be a point where they have to get away from that and they have to start telling more true original stories and they're doing that kind of but they're still using old characters i just i want something new <laughs> so what does lesser more or same excited um it really depends <laughs> from what we know now it's still the same it's like it's still boba fett it's still han solo it's you know we're gonna be dealing with luke and leia and we're gonna be dealing with you know people we yeah, know already different. didn't this make you feel like it was, I, i'm not trying to to change your opinion or, or or form your opinion but i just like I I just think that I I didn't want this shit. I didn't want these one-off movies. If they were if Disney bought Star Wars, like do seven, eight, and nine, and have it be done with. I thought this this movie to me was like, oh fuck, they are doing different stuff. Like they just did a whole movie where the Skywalkers aren't around, Han Solo's not around. Like I thought that was exciting, and and I completely just didn't think it was gonna work. And I think for me it did. And uh, they do talk about Obi-Wan. They do talk about Obi-Wan, but they don't say Obi-Wan. I mean, I don't know. And I get the fan service stuff is shitty. And there's more shit you didn't even notice, let me tell you. But but I'm sure you're right. <laughs> but um, and again, I'm not trying to form your opinion, but I, I am way more optimistic about this than I ever thought I was gonna be. I thought the trailers for these movie, this movie sucked. I thought I wasn't gonna enjoy it. And I thought, honestly, 30 minutes into the film, I was like, this is probably not going to be anything memorable, but uh, it's for me, I just thought they, they captured a grand scale of an event in the Star Wars universe that I never really expected. And I'm more, I'm optim- I'm way more optimistic about this than I ever thought I would be. Probably more optimistic about this than after seeing The Force Awakens. Because again, that was so safe to me, hmm. I thought. I mean, I have to read your year in of force awakens thoughts i'd be curious to see your year of rogue one thoughts by the in a year from now how you'll feel but, you about know, this movie I, and i'll say this too that my friend my roommate chris said is it gonna take you a year to review rogue one and i said no because and i don't think the depth is there for this movie and it, you, you guys you guys have hit on it and in a negative way that it's very surface level but i for some reason i'm refreshed by that it's not it's not a mythological movie it, it is an event movie. It is like a one-day moment in a, in a large history of like the saga. And that's why I, was, I liked it. And it, it's like a video game. And I know yeah. that some people are not into that. But to me, it felt different because it wasn't holding the weight of like the human experience. It was holding the weight of this moment. And that's why I really liked Rogue One. But there are these characters... 
I I guess I understand that, but that doesn't mean I can't have human more human emotions and relate like relate to these characters in this moment because I didn't. And I yeah, that's my I'm main not going to take that away from you. I'm just saying that I'm saying that that this isn't. It's not a hero's journey movie, and like every other Star Wars movie is a part of that. I guess, right. and the hero's journey is supposed to be the global story that every human and every piece of ethnicity and everyone can relate to. This is just like sh- shit goes down, and that's the end of it. Yeah, I, but I, 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 mean, I like I, that. I've seen more movies that are you know shit goes down, but also have time to flesh yeah, out right. the characters I, too. I, I, yeah, right. I know, but. So what's the excuse? Yeah. The excuse is I, I well, I, the excuse is first of all I disagree. Like I, I think that I mean I disagree in the fact that they're like, they're like dull characters. I think that yes, you could always want more from it. Um, I, I just didn't find myself confused by it the second time around. I felt very like oh I get why everything is going down the way it's going down. I do think that the the excuse is that it is service. The excuse is that there's 50 minutes of action in this movie, and that's what they want this movie to be. Um, you know, it's it's a it's like I, I guess that's I don't know. There's an excuse of taste. I like I'm I was refreshed by not having to. My point my point of your 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 question is there's not a year's worth of stuff to 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 go into about this. The Force Awakens is like challenging everything that I knew growing up in my life, and that is like about Star Wars. I mean, and that you know like introduces all these new ideas to a, a mythological universe that I never thought would I would ever think of. Rogue One is just like, here's the first day that happened before the movie that you really loved when it was a kid that was the catalyst. So I, I guess that's, they won't take me a year. But pretty much, I, I guarantee I will find flaws in this movie left and right because I will mm-hmm. watch it more than any other movie in 2016. The more we talk about this, the more I get frustrated by this movie. <laughs> uh, my, fr- my friend's comment, my former roommate in yes. L.A., uh, he made a status that I thought was very funny and kind of how I was feeling. That was, who cares about the stolen death? Well, this is Kyle Landgraf. Who cares about the stolen death star plans? I'm more interested in who stole the 20 minutes of character development. <laughs> <laughs> no? Is this on? That's good. I- is this on? <laughs> I'm... I... I, I I should say I, I say I I, I like think, I, I think like, you'll enjoy it seeing it a second. No, time. I like this movie. I recommend this movie. I have fun watching this movie. It's the more in the but the more we talk about it, the more we we say about how this movie is so different and how like how they did things that you didn't think that they would do. See, to me, it feels like kind of like a a missed opportunity in that department to do something way more ballsy than what it did i mean there were some ballsy points parts to it but it we keep talking about like how it's this this it's this one-off story where um it's essentially a war movie but there was just this there was so many parts that were familiar to me and just not risky for me now that now that we're just now that we're talking about it yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I, it's like you, you have your, your, you see a rebel, the first rebel person you see in this movie murders a guy, shoots him in the back. And then, you know, you have Saw Gerrera's rebels basically fighting with the rebel alliance. 
you have this I, I was very challenged by that idea that fuck maybe the rebels kind of suck I never really thought about it that way um, and I thought that it was an interesting concept that like there's all these people uprising against the empire that are like I mean there's I'm just saying because you have the, these rebels on Jeddah that are fighting the empire and you should like them but there's they're blowing up the city and they're they're hurting civilians and there's that baby crying in the middle like there's moments where I was like fuck this is like terrorism <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is a weird mo- I think I just thought look they're not going to do everything that they could that they could cross the lines of is this even Star Wars but why but not I, because I mean it's like this is your time this is your moment to try that because the next one's going to be number eight the next one after that's a Han Solo movie the next one after that's Nine. Yeah. We have years until we have a straight up original one like we have right now. And they set it up and delivered us a familiar story in the Star Wars universe. It's like a test, really. But I just thought it just could have been executed better and in the character side of things. The action was great. Pacing was good. But, you know, I... I'm being real nitpicky about it right now, and I mean, I, I, I still will say it's favorite. Like I said, I'm I'm gonna recommend this movie, and I'll watch it again. I'm just, you I feel like this was a really good opportunity to like, and maybe it's because I'm getting really tired. And <laughs> We've been doing it. I've kind of zoned out here, it's but like a two hour episode. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah. just like thinking like this. Can you imagine if they just would have done something just balls to the wall? Out of left field here, Kyle Katarn. And, <laughs> and maybe, maybe for like you know the people who are so well versed in the Star Wars mythology, that this was you know so so different. But as a casual Star Wars fan, I mean, you even go back to that to what I, what I brought up earlier about the action at the end being as great as it was, being very formulaic in the start in the Star Wars universe. I mean, just try something new. And this was the moment to do that. There's got to be, I mean, there has to be. The expanded universe is so large, from what I understand. I'm not about to get into it. Um, but you know about it, Kale. So there's got to be a story out there that doesn't center around the people we already, we, you oh, know, yeah. the movie I mean, universe. Track, you're track full of them. But, exactly. But there's also this one. <laughs> I mean, this, didn't, this didn't feature any of those people. Like, that's what I, I mean. It's like, but it's still I, a part of the the whole I, thing. I, understand, I mean, but like it, the, it, the it, movie it, literally ends moments before a new hope begins. Yeah, like, I get that, but it's that, <laughs> that's an epilogue. I mean, really, like it feels like the movie. Look, that's fan service. The movie should end with the destruction of of, of that base and they die. But you do want to be that. You just want to okay, but what happened to the plans? And like, does does Leia get them? And like, that's fan service. Um. But it's also great because <laughs> fucking hell yeah, <laughs> whatever. Okay. Okay. Obviously, I recommend. recommend. I mean, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Fun movie at parts. Yes. Um. All right. Real quick, let's uh, <clears throat> recommend something. Real quick. Yeah. Sure. Um. So I've watched the first season on Hulu. Uh. It's called Those Who Can't, and it's about teachers, and it's. Very, very funny. Um, there's some comedians in it that you'll recognize, and uh, Michael Madsen, uh, he makes an appearance in one episode. But if you if there's one episode that you should start, it's on Hulu, that you should start 
introduce yourself with the season or with the show is episode nine of season one called k-pop goes the weasel and <laughs> it's fucking hilarious honest guy watch you watch that one episode and you'll be hooked like completely on it's like it's always sunny if, it, if they were teachers pretty much um they're terrible people but it's a really goofy weird out there show that you know can feel real at times and then just go like completely you know out of left field and do weird crazy stuff i love it it's very funny guys uh and Amazon Pri- Amazon Prime, The Lobsters on Amazon Prime. Oh, nice. Check it out. One of my favorite movies of the year. Lobster. Um, Lobster. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas theme, and because it is a wonderful life that we get to see a Star Wars movie every year. Um, Clarence, fucking God. I get to watch a Star Wars oh, movie. That, that movie, man. I sit in the. It doesn't matter where I am, what point in my life I am. I will ball my eyes out at the end of that movie. So check out it's a wonderful life i bought it on youtube for six dollars i own it forever it's pretty cool mm. never done that before all right uh what if you lose your account information <laughs> <laughs> send your it's all my google account it's everything. oh all right you know, yeah you're right lose me. it'll be um, implanted into your brain soon enough speaking of google email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com with your thoughts on the force awakens or <laughs> that too uh rogue <laughs> one and anything we've seen uh hit us up on twitter at woodwardsdt for Colin and Mitch, we'll be back with another movie. La La Land. Uh, this has been the World War Film Cath. <laughs> May the force fun. be with you. It's offensive. Bye. That Bye. was not intentional. <laughs> force. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production. Your Detroit Avenue to alternative pop culture talk. 